the Rock of Portland. One, oh, one. KUFO. Portland. Portland. Attention broadcasters in the greater Portland area. Your daily show prep begins now. One minute and 15 seconds after the hour of five in this, the month of June in the year of our Lord, 2009. Thank you for coming along and making it part of your listening day. We are live from the plushly appointed yet not overly ostentatious studios of Rock 101 KUFO. It is uh, Wednesday morning and welcome to day 12. This is the Rick Emerson radio program. It's 503-228-4101. If you would uh, like to join us today, if you'd like to be part of the show, 503-228. Pardon me. Yeah. Uh, 503-228-4101. You can also email if you like. It is rick at rickemerson.com. Rick at rickemerson.com. Sarah with an H at kufo.com. Tim at kufo.com. Or Nibbler, N-I-B-L-E-R at kufo.com. All right. I'm going to try to do this opening as best I can, seeing as how. And you have put more paper in the printer, Tim? I did, yes. Thank I you. Just did. You're a good person. Uh, I wasn't able to figure out where any of it was, and I didn't want to put any more of that uh, it, that bright orange paper uh, in there. So, because I think Lacey uses that for something in particular. And the last time she caught me putting orange paper in the printer, there was a I got a I got a very severe talking to, and I want to risk that again. All right, uh, coming up today, we have another installment of Mystery Guest. That'll be uh, at seven twenty today. Oh, it's gonna be a good one. So, now is this the? Is this so we have to remember, the same issue of radio TV inter- interview report that you guys have been mining for the last few uh, installments? Uh, no, no, this is a new one. Yeah, yeah, I think oh. this is the new one. All right, are you excited about it? Yes, Nibbler has exchanged many hilarious emails with this guest. Is this guest? Let me just, oh, no, I can't tell you. No, I'm not going to say anything. Let me this just person has a, has a funny way of signing off every email. Let me... Is it is the funny way of signing off? Um, this communication is being monitored by the officials at the Alameda County Jail. No, actually, I could tell you how he signs it. It doesn't have anything to do with what he's talking about. He always just signs it, blessings. Oh God! <laughs> All right, let me ask and it's you not this. A re- it's not a religious dude either. It, that was going to be my question. And or is the mystery guest a crazy person? I don't know about the crazy. Might be the crazy. Who knows? Well, I mean, come on. It's the it's the radio records report. I mean, okay. most of the people in there are crazy. Uh, so mystery guest coming up today at 7.20 a.m. We'll talk to uh, Peter Carlin from the Oregonian. He'll be joining us at 8 o'clock today. Another pair of uh, tickets to see Crew Fest 2, a Crew Fest 2 prize pack, including a Crew Fest DVD from last year's show, and third row seats to Crew Fest 2 at Clark County Amphitheater, a part of KUFO's Summer of Rock. Uh, so a second row tomorrow, and then on Friday, front row tickets. So uh, third row seats to Crew Fest 2 coming up today. And uh, we've also got, let's see, I've got a double Britney watch coming up. I got some of this, this news that i got to sort through because it just now printed out. So uh, double Britney watch coming up today, double geek watch coming up today. And seeing a radio correspondent, Steve Kastenbaum from New York City, who's going to talk about, well, I might as well just, it, I was going to make it some sort of a tease about the company that uh, bought Hummer. But as as everything is, it's it's from China. 
So, uh, but you know what? It'll be useful for them because they can run over several demonstrators <laughs> by just throwing it into drive once. Well, <laughs> well done. I see. I wasn't going to go for the driving over the demonstrators. I was going to go for the invasion joke. But you know, yours works too. No. All right. Uh, it's five zero three two two eight four one zero one. I, it seems like there's something else that we should be saying at the beginning, but I don't. Uh, it's just this is too much to get to. I will just say this. I'll start by saying, and I won't identify um, the person behind this quote. This is apropos of nothing. There is no context for this. But I was sitting in my office yesterday afternoon, and a coworker was speaking with me, and I won't identify who this coworker is. But this person was standing in my office. And really without a lot of lead up and for no really demonstrable reason, started their conversation with me by saying, now I don't know about you, but I've done a lot of cocaine. And then they sort of plunged on into whatever their story was. And I said, pardon me? And this person said, oh, you know, a ton of cocaine. Anyway, so... And then just was it male or female? I no, I'm not. See, I shouldn't. Oh, you've got to give just one. Uh, it was a woman. The color uh, Mitzi. Yeah, sure. Was it? Um, no, see, you can't. What was that? Was oh no no, no it wasn't no 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 know. no it wasn't uh, no it wasn't that's it wasn't who her I no it wasn't okay. her I uh, see I don't think that's true. I wouldn't I wouldn't think that about her. I would mm, think you know yeah, she's not yeah. No, we shouldn't have this. Dis- we shouldn't talk we any shouldn't further. We shouldn't. Discussion. We shouldn't plunge any further into this. All right, uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we're joined today, as always, by the lovely and talented Sarah X. Dillon. Hello, how are you today? Hello. Oh, I, I found I had the most amazing fan mail today when I came in <laughs> from is some this, crazy person. Oh, is this the? Uh, won't you please be my friend, you whore? Yeah, it says uh, confirm friendship on Facebook from Jim. Saw you in person. You're not looking so good for 29. You're puffy. If you're lucky, you might get some rich guy. Make it soon. The time is near when a guy doesn't buy you a drinky. Your time in the limelight and looks are running out fast. Time to stop being a bitch. It's never stop. It's never time to stop being a bitch. And then this is a friend request. And then it's like pending friend request. The best part about that is, is that the friend request is labeled pending, which implies that it's just an inevitability. Like, well, of course he'd be my friend. Why not? <laughs> Now that after he's written me such a wooing message, seriously, I can well, definitely approve him. Well, and enjoy your wait to become Sarah's friend. <laughs> well, maybe get a uh, maybe get a cushion and a drink, you know, to help me pass the time. We wait, wait, wait for that. Uh, at the news desk, ladies and gentlemen, it's your personal savior, Tim Riley. In the news with Tim Riley. Good morning, everyone. Five oh seven is going to be mostly sunny today. Highs near eighty. Okay, what a fun day this is going to be. Get ready for the ships to come in. Yeah. Docking on waterfront parking perspective, bridge lifts, and annoying traffic jams. To make yourself feel better, attend the Fred Meyer Junior Parade featuring thousands of cheerful children. Beginning at one o'clock this afternoon. Maybe Aunt Sarah will be there. It's winding its way through the Hollywood District. The Grand Marshal is going to be Tommy Pickles of Rugrats. I don't understand anything that's going on. Would you like to take them one by one? Who's Aunt Sarah? Who's Aunt Sarah? Is, is that... that me? Yes. Oh. Always oh, in crazy spinster Aunt Sarah. Yes. I thought when you said Who Aunt... Loves children. I, thought maybe... I love the children. I thought maybe Aunt Sarah was a sort of... I thought she was like a beloved children's TV host or something. And I... <laughs> that I... could be your next job. I really... Boy, that, that, that'll be like your... That'll, that'll be a reason for Coin to bring her back. <laughs> That'll be the uh, that'll the be, news doesn't work. Let's help. do a children's program. <laughs> that'll be the hell existence to which you're consigned uh, when radio doesn't work. Let's out. play the birthday we game. Have, we have an opening for you, but it's going to be surrounded by kids in plastic pants. Have fun. Uh, but Tommy Pickles apparently will be there. 
Tommy Pickles, will be, whoever that is. I have no apparently idea. Apparently a big star. Okay. And this is what? This it's is also the, a cartoon, which is kind of strange that he's hosting <laughs> it. it. This is the this is a Fred Meyer children's parade. Look, don't, it is. Look, don't, don't get me wrong. Uh, apparently there's a great number of people in this uh, in this city and elsewhere who love parades. Mm-hmm. But where is this happening so I can uh, so I can avoid in it? In the Hollywood district. Oh, well, that's fine. I don't have to go, go anywhere near there. That's, I'm going the other way, frankly. All right. Uh, more about children. A Portland family claims they have found a syringe inside a curious George stuffed monkey. Their son won this in the crane game. Nobody ever wins the crane game. So somebody finally does, and it's a child. And now the monkey must be destroyed. Congratulations, you've won hepatitis C. So now the Beaverton Pizza Parlor has uh, declared this game off limits for now. A careful examination by the parents revealed the un- unwelcome discovery the youngster wasn't injured. Let me just ask you this. I'm not saying that, th- that there's anything... Uh, that the family's being anything less than upfront, I'm sure that they're telling the truth. But when you hear a story like this, where somebody says, "And then I ordered my hamburger, and inside uh, was," and then they'll insert, and then it'll be some item, and you can't imagine how the item would possibly have gotten in there. They'll say, "Like I got a, like I went to Wiener Schnitzel, and my hot dog was full of bottle caps," and you, and your first reaction is to think to yourself, "Well, that's impossible. There's impossible, and it's it, and it, it, it's crazy. There's just no way that it could take place. Like how would?" And this is a curious George, like a plush doll out of one of those crane grabbing yes. mm-hmm. things. First of all, I mean, I guess it's indication that somebody wins the crane thing at some point because this is the first time I've ever heard anybody winning a prize in the but, crane game. That's the thing. Like, don't you just take it as an article of faith that nobody can ever win anything at that game? Which I think is why in uh, what, what is the Pixar film? Is it Monsters Incorporated? It's not. It's not Monsters Incorporated. What is the or Toy Story Two? Where there's the aliens inside the crane game that worship the cranes, the god or whatever. Anyway, but the, but it, which is sort of a riff on the fact that nobody ever wins that. And so not only do you win a curious George thing, but it's apparently with, with, like has a needle in the middle of it. And like, what would the purpose of that even be? I mean, unless you're working at the factory and you're busy tying one off and the like the manager's coming by. And you think, well, I don't want to get caught injecting all this heroin into my eyeball. Maybe I'll stick it in the first thing I can find that's handy. Oh, it's a monkey doll. Maybe she was rifling through her purse while she was sticking the fur on the monkey. And it fell out into the monkey. Well, who could be familiar with the uh, Hold on, I'm just gonna the go assembly to an- procedure of Curious George Monkeys? Is this too early? <laughs> Have I? Is it just me today, or is everything a little a little surreal and extra hilarious? Oh, it's going to get more surreal as the morning goes okay. on. I have a whole stack of surreality here. I'm just, I'm just trying to, I'm, just, I'm trying to analyze the peculiar syntax of that sentence. Maybe she was rifling through her purse as she was sticking the fur on the monkey, and the needle <laughs> fell into the monkey's fur. Right? Isn't that probable? I honestly don't know. I. I don't I think I could answer that question. Could that be one of the reasons? Yeah. Is that probable? Sure. <laughs> I don't even know what we're asking anymore. Oh, and uh, by the way, before we do anything else, don't let me forget that at some point today, do I have this email? I'm so terribly unorganized, and I apologize to the... And it's not that, I, that I'm running behind today. I mean, I am, but it's not like I got here late. It's one of those days where I got here. It's one of those days where no matter how early I got here, no matter how much preparation time I had, it would not have been enough. Because it was just like bailing out the ocean with a thimble. There was just the news to get to, and emails were coming in, and I was just trying to get all of the stuff taken care of, and audio I was trying to prepare for the show. And so there's just a pile of things that I haven't really had a chance to organize or address. One of them is, so we've got this... Uh, we've got this, What are you doing over I'm looking for an email that I wanted to read, because th- there was an email that went out from the promotions department here 
where they need there are a, some emails. They need a name for the uh, for this sort of uh, like texting program that we're doing. So I got to set that aside because they want always a recipe for either success or disaster or some confluence of both is the idea of having the audience name things. So they want the audience to be naming the texting program uh, that we're doing. So you know, it's like a texting sort of like a texting club kind of a thing. Mary. No, see that not that. Yes, we're gonna call it Hank. All right, we should do whatever whatever this is. What is this, Sarah? Hey, it's the Foo Fighters. It's 503-228-4101. Straight ahead. More amusements, including news with Tim Riley later on, Steve Kastenbaum. Mystery guests coming up today at 720. Peter Carlin from the Oregonian and tickets to Crew Fest 2. It's the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. It is Wednesday morning. Stay right there, won't you, please? The Rick Emerson Show. Available anytime, anywhere. Visit KUFO.com right now. All right, let's all try to get a hold of ourselves, shall we? Uh, revisit this unpleasant business of syringe-filled monkeys. <laughs> it's 503-228-4101. It is the Rick Emerson Show, live from beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon, on this uh, Wednesday morning. So they cleverly don't tell us when the ships are going to be coming in for uh, for Fleet Week. So it could be like 8 a.m., well, we could be noon. from uh, Metro, but since... They close their operations here. We have to wait for the information to come in from Los Angeles. I know, even though we're just across the street. So there's a guy in Los Angeles who has to sit there in a, sort of a dimly lit, unventilated room yeah. watching the television. And when he sees it on, uh, you know, on like a K2's website or something, then yeah. he can send you the update to let you know it's happening. That's All correct. Right. Well, what I'm clearly going to have to do is just bolt home as quickly as possible after the show and not leave the house again. Because, you, because that's the thing. It's like I will be able to conjure up all of the ships. It, just by trying to get over the Hawthorne Bridge be at some point. Them. Yeah, that's great. That's wonderful. Well, I'm sure they'll move through with expediency, Tim. They always do. They always go out of their way not to uh, not to block traffic. Just a couple minutes during, delay, no during, big deal. Yeah, during rush hour especially. All right, at the uh, news desk, it is your personal savior, Tim Riley. In the news with Tim Riley. Speaking of the children, residents of a Beaverton apartment complex fear for the youngsters after discovering rat traps have been placed around their buildings. The Orkin man says these traps aren't poisonous. They use sticky glue to trap rats into a sticky death, but could cause problems for curious children who may think they are toys. Rat traps are not toys. The residents feel <laughs> they should have been warned, but the manager didn't think a notice was mandatory. People are really getting paranoid everywhere that Obama's trying to take their guns. Take old Les Henderson of Legrand. He do said I, he can't keep enough ammo on the shelves. Do I have to take Les Henderson of, of Legrand? Am I yeah. really obligated to? Because I'm telling you, the first thing that Obama and his people are going to do are come into Legrand and collect all them guns. Of course. I would be astonished if anybody in Barack Obama's administration knew where Legrand was. I mean, really, I'd be staggered. So, uh, apparently, there was a Christmas rush for ammo over in LeGrand and many towns like LeGrand throughout well, Oregon, which will be the first towns to fall under these Muslims. <laughs> that's, that's how Jesus would want it, uh, Tim. String the tree with, uh, with weapons of some kind. So, they were big uh, Christmas gift items, but it hasn't let up. As a matter of fact, uh, one of the dealers uh, take uh, Fred over at uh, Frontside Ammo. 
He tells us uh, a box of 22 caliber that sold for 10 bucks last year can bring 40 bucks today. Well, so the thing I saw, and I don't know if this is the same article that you're referring to, but there was I saw a piece. there's a Scott over at Thatcher's over in Baker City. He said the attitudes of buying are anxiety about the future. Is this where they said that, that like the gun sales have actually sort of leveled off? Because mm-hmm. I guess people have figured they've got all the guns they need, you know, for now. But it's the ammunition that people keep going for. And they would they were talking to these guys and they would show the shelves and it was it was like look it was like the movie the day after where Steve Gutenberg is in the uh, you know is in the, is in the uh, the supermarket trying to buy a loaf or you know to get a loaf of bread or something shelves are just empty that's what it was like when they were showing this place where the guy you know the guy was selling ammunition at the gun store because they were thinking you know first first you know they're going to come to the guns well I already got the guns next they'll come for the ammunition so I better buy as much as possible and keep it in my basement because that's not a recipe for disaster right. of any kind. Like old Frank over at Oxtail City yeah. has mighty fears himself. And I, <laughs> uh, by the way, I like the idea that the U.S. government, uh, which has Skynet-like supercomputers and uh, like a death ray that can obliterate your car from a thousand miles away, is going to be held at bay by some nitwit in a trailer in Idaho and a handful of guns. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, it says here, uh, who else do we have? Uh, old Bob over in LeGrand says, I found quite a few liberals that are pro-gun. He said, in fact, I married one of them. <laughs> Well, that's life in these United States. So apparently, you can trade in your guns and get a gift certificate in L.A., but they're not taking in bullets. No. No, they're not, Tim. So keep those boxes of bullets handy because, well, you never know what's going to happen. What else do we have here? We have a crash involving thousands of cases of Little Little Debbie cupcakes that ended up being brought to a dump. I saw that. I think that's on the front of the Oregonian today. But as as a matter of fact, there was video of it on the KGW website. Well, when times are tough and people are hungry, all kinds of waste, even a truckload of junk food is taboo. This may explain why nobody seems to want to take the blame for sending 2,000 cases of Little Debbie snack cakes to the dump. (laughs) The Little Debbie uh, trailer truck overturned on Highway 217 late Monday. And uh, McKee Foods, the Connecticut manufacturer of these snacks, accuses ODOT for destroying this high-calorie cargo in its rush to reopen the the exit ramp to I-5. So, uh, with the Oregon Food Bank having a hard time feeding the poor, this seems to be a big waste. Tiger police said the driver of the truck, 34-year-old Justin Rush of Arizona, was speeding with those little Debbie cupcakes. The truck overturned. It rolled on the passenger side before coming to a stop. Meanwhile, it was blocking the uh, 217 area. And despite the impact, no cakes spilled on the highway. None of them. Well, they hauled them all away. And uh, let's see, they wanted to save as many as possible to sell at Little Debbie thrift stores. We don't have one of those around here. You think we would? But there are Little don't. Debbie thrift stores. Yeah, there are. Are, is, are Little Lil? Is it Little or Lil? Lil. Lil. L I L apostrophe. Oh uh, no, I'm sorry, Little. All right. Is are Little Debbie snack cakes really out of the financial reach of the average American consumer? Is there really a need so. to have some sort of a store where there are discounted Little Debbie snack foods there available? Like a dollar for a box full of chemicals. <laughs> I mean, really? I mean, it's. I mean, that's. It's Little Debbie snack cakes are one of those foods that are actually so cheap that you sort of wonder how it's possible that they can do that. It's almost as if the Chinese make them. It's uh, well, like you go through. Like occasionally, you will see the menu at a at uh, popular fast food emporiums. Where they'll have something where they, you know the menu where everything is eighty nine cents and you'll kind of sit there and you'll you'll ask yourself like how is it possible that they're selling me this like nine pound hamburger for a dollar fifteen and you sort of don't dwell on it because you realize that there's no logical explanation for it so it is with the little Debbie uh, so apparently there are reports of scavenging at the dump <laughs> scavenging hey, look at this. at the dump 
for I little Debbie cupcakes. I found me a, I found me a whole cache of little Debbies. Get a wheelbarrow and get some ammunition. Better yes. hurry up before Obama bans them. That's, I hear they're next on the list. That's awesome. Is someone American, I wouldn't blame him if he did. Imagine going to a dump and just seeing a guy wheeling out a whole container of Little Debbie snack cakes that he took out of the middle of a pile of refuse. I mean, sealed or not, there's just certain things you don't eat, and something that came out of the middle of a dump is one of them. I mean, there's really, there's no cleaning that. That's a, that, you know what it is? Have you ever done this? Now, this is sort of like the, the I, I think there was a Seinfeld where George, did George drop something in the trash, or he put something in the trash, and then he was trying to figure out whether to eat it. But I can't, I can't remember the that actual. Was a, um, what were the specifics? Not Nick though he was over at um, his rich fiance's house, right? And somebody had eaten like half. Maybe it wasn't Eclair, like half of an Eclair or something, and thrown it in the garbage. And then he was in there, and he saw it sitting on top of the garbage, so he took it out of the trash and ate it. So it wasn't. So so it wasn't like down in in the garbage. It was just sort of sitting on top. And it, and that it was, was the deal. Yeah, it was resting on top. And of it was it. kind of clean trash at that. Like it wasn't like it wasn't sitting on top of like a bunch of, you know, like it wasn't filth. It was just sort of, in other words, that was his whole logic was that it hadn't really yeah, gotten it hadn't dirty. touched anything else. Have you ever done this, though? Have you ever you, you put something in the trash either accidentally or you reconsider and it's sort of in a bag and you put it in the trash and then you think to yourself, okay, well, it's been in a, it was in a bag. It was in a, I mean, it, you know, in other words, like the item wasn't loose. You've eaten stuff out of the trash? No, I have. Well, probably. But I mean, not recently. Not any time in the last decade. I would. I don't think. I had a friend named Chris in uh, high school who used to eat things out of the trash. It wasn't. Uh, not like I ate things out of the trash on a regular basis. You're gonna be rooting around over here, Rick. <laughs> well, it's it's sort of like in France that they'll take those eggs and they'll put them in a compost uh, pile for a day or two to give them extra flavor. Um, no, but it, I'm trying to think of, of a specific example. But it would be. But it would be like this. It would be like, for example, let's say back when I was a uh, when I was an up and coming uh, DJ, I would have you know like you buy a box of donuts or something. You go to the convenience store, you buy the donuts. The guy gives you the donuts inside a plastic bag. Later, you go to work, you have the donuts open because you're a weekender and that's what you do. Uh, and you're eating the donuts, and then you, you know you put the you know you wad them up, and you throw the uh, you know the bag into the trash later. And then, but you realize a short time later that one of the donuts came loose and is in you know was in the bag when you threw it into the trash. And you think to yourself, all right, now it's been in the trash for like 20 minutes, but it's been inside a bag. That window is closed. See, and then, but then, you, then your real issue there you know, is what, one of well, the garbage like permeating through. That the plastic. see, that's the thing. That is one. Of, it's one of the well, see. It's not even the permeating. It's the smell. That's the whole thing. You're like, okay, if I just if I just take this out of the trash and then I have have a bite of it, is there... there are things in the refrigerator that you leave in there and something goes bad and everything starts to smell like it. Right, and then and then you're gonna bite into a donut that that tastes like a melon rinds or something. So, but let me ask you this: What if I had? Um, What's a snack food that you favor? Well, I see you're eating a bag of, are those sun chips? They're sun chips. That is the breakfast of champions. Okay. <laughs> Isn't it though? So what if there were some sun chips that were not in like the regular garbage, but like what if some of your sun chips were like in the office trash? Like like the- uh, What are you asking me? Like would you eat something out of the recycle bin? No. The paper recycle bin? No, I don't. It's radio. No, you wouldn't need anything out of the recycling Who bin that just has what paper in it. The recycling bin. Okay, well that may be okay. The radio, a, the radio thing might be a, a little okay. Bit no, no, no. That's a that's a fair statement. I guess at a radio station, things tend to be the filthier than they than they do elsewhere. Out of the recycling bin. Yeah, like in other words, it's not. So it's not like there's the coffee filters and like Kleenex or something in there. It's just where people put uh, printer paper in, in newspapers and whatnot. 
Mm, I'll have to think about that one. Would you? What, would you eat it? Yes. Well, what? It, what, what if it was wrapped, How yes. About, like if it, was, um, if it was loose food in the recycling bin, no, because then you're touching the plastic. Uh, and the have plastic an is... open bag, an open but full bag of um, that chocolate Chex Mix. Open but full, but so like not spilled, just like somebody opened the top. In other words, it was in know, there but not tipped over. Took. You don't know how much they took. But They're it's not spilled on the in inside. No, it's no, still no. in the bag. It's in the bag. Is it my chocolate Chex Mix? Or is it somebody else's? Because I wouldn't eat somebody else's food. Okay, well, okay, it was yours. Okay, what are you asking? Okay, what about this? What if, are you saying you like, answer. what if I had, well, I'm trying to figure out the parameters. Are you saying like if I had a box of, uh, a bag of chocolate Chex Mix open and then it accidentally was thrown away into the recycling bin, but I didn't discover it till like half an hour later? Would you eat it? Mm. Is there anything in in the bag? In other words, are there foreign items in the bag to indicate that maybe it's gotten mixed up with trash? If I look at it, if I inspect it visually, does it look more or less okay? Maybe there are like a couple of pieces of paper over it. <laughs> but there's nothing in it. Like there aren't like there there aren't, well, no, there aren't things like in the bag. Bugs or anything in there? No, I would probably eat that. I mean, if it's just if we're just talking about the recycling bin, I know you would, Tim. You wouldn't eat anything out of the recycling bin, would you? <laughs> even 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 forming the, the words with my mouth. That's the most I ridiculous tell, question to ask. Him. I can t- even as I was structuring that sentence inside my own head, I could realize it was ludicrous. And you'll note that Tim did not even dignify it with a response. And Tim, right now, He's I wish you, you the I wish you could have seen this. Tim just arched his right eyebrow at me and as, took a sip of his coffee, like really, and picked up his coffee and began to drink it as though to ask, "Are we really having this conversation?" And let me know when you're finished. Did I just pick the wrong diner to have breakfast in? <laughs> that was um. You know the look you just gave me. Now this is becoming a place for undesirables. <laughs> the uh, the look you gave me now. Is sort of like the look uh, that, uh, no offense, that my dog gives me sometimes when he is asleep in the morning and I come to wake him up to like go out and, uh, you know, take a walk or whatever. And he looks at me and he just raises one eyebrow as though to say, are you sure we really want to do this? I mean, is this is this really something we're doing? We're getting up and we're going outside. You're positive. All right. That's walk fine. around your neighborhood in the middle of the night. Yeah, well, it's like. I'm scared for you. <laughs> you know, I, I do too. I go walk the dog before I come in. You know, I have, you live, yeah, but you live in a place of <laughs> lollipop trees and candy drop lanes. It's a little scary. I yes, can't. I, have. I can't not take the dogs out though. I got you know. I got to be here to amuse the people at five a.m. That's true. I got to let the, the dogs have the run of the joint. All right. Well, let's quit talking about food in the trip. Why were we talking about trash food? Oh, so little Debbie snack cakes. So just real quickly here. So there's. So there's two thousand, but this isn't just two thousand little Debbie cakes. This is two thousand cases. Right. How oh. many? De- how many little Debbie snack cakes are in a case? I, I don't know. I've I, never seen a full case of little Debbie snack. Isn't cakes. that an East Coast thing, though? I thought they were a very uh, a popular East Coast phenomenon. No, we usually have Drake's cakes out there. Oh, and you have Tasty cakes too. I had never heard of ta- we have Ringdings and Devil Dogs and Yodels. <laughs> yes. And Sky Bars. I'm sorry, Mr. Riley. Looks like you've got a bad sky case bar. of. Uh, I've never seen one out here. It's different flavors inside a candy bar. Doesn't it has four like different compartments. This is, all the things you just described now, they sound sort of like they sound sort of like fun cartoonish variations on getting the shingles. I'm sorry, Tim. It looks like uh, you know you've got a case of yodels. Uh, what you're gonna have to do is you're gonna have to uh, you're gonna have to sit on this cushion for the next five to six weeks. Oh, I think a zombie we know got arrested. More about that later. All right, let's. Let's do this, shall we? It's the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. Everybody's going a little mental today. 
503-228-4101. Here's Errol Smith. It's the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. The Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey. What? Man, Sarah and her Dylans. On Rock 101 KUFO. Here's the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. All right, we're going to quit talking about eating food out of the trash. Which is really the only logical way to talk about a curious George doll filled with syringes. I mean, there was just uh, there was no no other logical progression we could have made. It's 503-228-4101. You can also uh, email if you like. It's rick at rickemerson.com, tim at kufo.com, uh, nibbler, N-I-B-L-A-R, at kufo.com, or sarah with an H. At KUFO.com. Uh, you can also text if you'd like. Uh, you can text us at 52051. Ladies and gentlemen, 52051. Standard texting rates uh, apply. And I I don't know if I'm supposed to say this or not, but I, I, just, I will anyway. So we... How do I put this? So I guess... When, the, the, I know I sound like an old guy here. I just sound like everybody's grandfather when I talk about uh, texting. And Greg has used this for a lot longer than we have uh, because he worked on one of our sister stations. And so he was uh, sort of the guy who handled a lot of their texting stuff. And so I, I guess the deal is when you get one of those five-digit texting numbers like like ours, which is 52051, that's sort of a shorthand. So you text that in, and then it is, you know, it's in place of like a regular seven- or ten-digit phone number. So this number that we have, uh, so you can text KUFO, which is 52051, that apparently used to belong to a different radio show, we'll call it. It wasn't anything here in Portland. It was, I guess it was like a national radio show or some, some show that was syndicated that I guess isn't, isn't on the air anymore. But it was a country show. And here's the thing. They haven't uh, quite sent out messages to everybody yet saying, hey, by the way, uh, that country show is no longer on the air. So I'm looking at the text messages that are coming in here to 52051, and every now and again, we'll get something that is clearly meant for the last show that had this number. And it's something like this. Here's one. This uh, text message came in, let's see, yesterday at 7.42 p.m. It says... I'll just read this directly here. This is a uh, this is a verbatim text that came to the KUFO text number, which again, up until a couple days ago, was being used by some other radio show somewhere. Hey, I put in my two week notice today, and my truck broke down. I am stuck in Reedsville, North Carolina, waiting on a wrecker to pick up my big rig. Can you please play "Take This Job and Shove It"? Thanks, Dave. Uh, and then it says, uh, "Love to hear that while I'm waiting." P.S. There are no rest stops here. So there you go. Uh, and then it's just followed up by a bunch of observations about Star Wars. That's sort of the uh, that's the moment when it uh, that's the moment when it demarcated into court and fat boy. Listeners. That's kind of magical. Uh, so if you'd like to uh, text us, you can do that. It's five two zero five one. Although we don't have a name. I guess at some point we're so trying to come I up with a. Can I see those? Yes, yes, you can. Well, it's that link that we uh, that link that I think that they they gave us, or there's that printout or something that, that we had. Okay. Anyway, so we but we gotta find uh, some sort of some sort of name for the KUFO texting club, which is so we can sort of keep people in the loop about things. So let you know, so we can send people an alert when there's going to be a guest or a contest. Right. What would be the most event. efficient way to figure out a name for it? I guess people could text their suggestions to us, Sarah, <laughs> or send it. We it was on a postcard at we, least two weeks in advance. Still, that's so badly. <laughs> I know that there are people who can who can really pitch ideas like that. Well, I'm just I'm just not one of them. Apparently, at least not today. 
Yes, you can also. Uh, yes, you can also send that to us as a uh, can send that to us as a uh, as a smoke signal or via carrier pigeon if you would like. Um, ladies and gentlemen, at the news desk, it's your personal savior, Tim Rice. In the news with Tim Riley. Good morning, everyone. It is five forty-seven. It's going to be mostly sunny today. Highs in the sixties. Yes, the ships are going to be coming in today and docking at waterfront parking space. Where's your lifts and traffic jams and fun for everyone? Children of all ages at one o'clock for the. Uh, the Junior Parade, and this year's Grand Marshal is Tommy Pickles of Nickelodeon's Rugrats. Fantastic. So who, who'd want to miss a thing like that? A West Lynn woman is being charged in a massive shoplifting scheme. Louise Corbin is accused of stealing over $150,000 from department stores. She was already on probation for stealing from Nordstrom's and selling the stuff on eBay. A Newport woman being found guilty of feeding bears. These bears sauntered into her yard, which in turn became hostile toward the neighbors. She faces a year in prison and $6,000 in fines. A shameless man admits, yes, he did have sex with his two dogs. 21-year-old, it's a news story. Yeah, I understand. I, uh, wow. There needs to be, did I just hear that right? Sometimes I, sometimes I feel like... This is news from our neighbors to the north. Well, Chehalis is a, uh, is a very it, cosmopolitan it, it, place. It is, a, it is an open border. If we don't want this type of thing, we need to build a big wall at the end of the interstate bridge. Or, Last night, I was with my friends and we were talking about how Chehalis is the armpit of Washington. Oh, it sucks. Chehalis, it is the worst place ever. Awful place. Awful, well, awful, Well, apparently awful. dogs are preferable to armpits to somebody. Troy Whitson will get 30 days. Your armpit's way up here. 30 days? The dogs have been taken away to be placed in loving homes of a more platonic nature. So I was just going to say, it sounds like they were in a loving home already. He can't own any more animals for two years. Now, Whitson is a member of a group known as furries who identify with an animal. Oh, I feel Dress bad the for part in makeup, now. ears, and a tail, if possible. Yeah, I'm sure the furries the appreciate being... Really uh, he was hosting a furries social gathering when other members noticed his... Unusual liking for the pets and turned them in. I yeah, I was oh well, good for them. I was going to yeah. say I think he's misunderstood the term. I think he's uh, I think there's a a, a definitional a problem there between furry and bestiality. God Almighty! All right, sometimes like I will hear a little uh, a particular accenting in your tone of voice that lets me know that something horrific is about to happen, and so I can sort of mentally prepare myself. I can kind of do a sort of like yeah, like you brace yourself when so, when imp- an impact is about to happen. And occasionally it just sneaks up on me, and that's what happened just there. Or like in a newspaper when it says, you know, following this, the following story, what it contains, materials of a graphic nature. I mean, I guess I should... Well, I mean, I'm sure that's something that the the Chehalis Chamber of Commerce would like to keep under wraps, but it's a bit too late. You know, the only... Really, that's a whole city that ought to just be nuked from orbit. I mean, there's just, there's just no getting around that. That's the only way to be sure with that place. All right. This comes to us from Como Television. A zombie we know has been arrested. His zombie outfit landed him in handcuffs. He was out for an evening zombie crawl, fully costumed, a bit too realistic for the cops. We've seen him before he won a contest. He was wearing all black knee pads, a knife, grenade, a gas mask, carrying what looked like a machine gun. Walked into the Metro clothing store on Capitol Hill, which was sponsoring a zombie crawl. But apparently somebody thought the masked gunman was walking into a store and called police. A dozen cop cars converged on the scene. Officers ran into the stores, guns out. Uh, the events organizer said the man was dressed as one of the zombies from the Resident Evil's Umbrella Corporation. And he so here's so cool looking. So this, this is day. yeah, this is the deal. So when we did uh, when ZombieCon uh, PDX happened, which was a few weeks ago, so Sarah and Tim and myself, uh, we, we did a couple of things. We went to the Zombie Prom, and then we were at the Zompire Film Festival, which is just all zombie and vampire stuff. 
And they were having a costume contest as part of that. And this guy showed up, and he was one of the special uh, forces soldiers uh, from the Umbrella Corporation from the Resident Evil game. And, I mean, the costume was fantastic. I mean, it, was, it was awesome. And if you go online, you can see, if you go to Como's website, you can see a picture of this guy. Or if you just go to, uh, you go to Google uh, and you put in, like, Umbrella Corporation Special Forces or whatever, you can see. I mean, I, have no, I don't know if that's a thing you could buy or if he had to make that costume from scratch, but it's impressive. And, the, it's and he has the kit with the, like, the yeah, test like the, tubes and He's like the biohazard bag and the gun and the gas mask and the full, I mean, it's like. It, it he looks, was freaky looking. I couldn't oh, even he, really he also won the top prize of the zombie crawl. Yeah, no, it's like some militaristic Nine Inch Nails uh, outfit he's got on. Um, and it was especially uh, impressive that he was doing it on a day where it was like 89 degrees or something out. But I think the cops took one. Like, you don't want to be walking around like head to toe in like uh, like some sort of very, um, I would say, aggressive looking um, outfit while carrying what seems to be a very real gun and a bag full of vials. That's going to uh, that's going to get you detained by the man. All right. Here's Tim Riley. Uh, let's see. Do we have time for a, a taser watch? Well, why not? Here's All your right. taser watch for uh, Wednesday on the Rick Emerson Show. Well, it seems like everybody's getting tasered these days, and it's not limited to different ages. We have a couple of uh, different demographics here getting tased today. Here is a crazy man uh, being tasered by the cops screaming, Yewa. I do not belong to you. I believe you belong to my father in heaven, and his name is Yahweh! 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 I call in prayer and invoke the angels in He does not speak their language. For what? For changing my name. Look it up. What is that? I am not. I am not born with you. I object to this. This is not legal. You guys do not own me. I'm not your property. All I did was change my name, and your evil witch queen says it's not allowed to be. You're resisting. I am resisting your aggressions against me in favor that they are illegal. What's happening here? What's evil, he's evil witch queen? I am understanding less of anything that you say. I do not speak your language. Okay, first of all, like Dane Cook first. It seems like we need to go right from tasering to shooting with that guy because he was still he was still given he was still giving some back talk. So they taser him. Mm-hmm. Tasering is so confusing to me because I like you've been able to speak so much. Yeah, but like I thought that that was the deal is it incapacitated you, right? I mean yes. that's and it doesn't and it's maybe it doesn't work the same on everyone. See, but that's that's my question. So if you're let me ask you this: if you're uh, if you're like a just a engraving person, does it does it take more from a taser to incapacitate you? Is it like a drug where you know if you're you know or like alcohol or something where the smaller you are, the less it it takes to uh, to have the, the same effect. Because you can so. you can hear it where there's that sound and they, they hit the guy with the taser and he, by the way the guy who's nuts and asking for it and so they taser him but he just continues to talk it's like it doesn't even phase him um, so and then you can it doesn't sound like they gave him a second round uh, which is uh, 
which is sort of strange. And it, I mean, it, it, like it didn't even throw a didn't even throw a, a hitch in his giddy up. Also, where was this at? It doesn't say. Also, if you listen back to that guy, he sounds. We were talking about the Jerky Boys the other day for reasons that elude me now. Oh, because you were reminiscing about how one of your um, one of your siblings. Uh, perhaps under the illusion that you would want it, uh, had yes. given you a Jerky Boys cassette for Christmas one year, um, encouraging you to lead a simpler life with more low-key amusements. Mm-hmm. Um, that guy, though, the guy who was talking about how he changed his name to Yahweh and then who then gets tasted, he sounds just like that guy from the Jerky Boys cassette. He goes, oh, my ass, it's on fire. He sounds just like that guy. Well, I wouldn't know. I never played the tape. Oh, good for you. Then we have the tasered uh, 72-year-old Texas lady. She said the cops lied about her being uncooperative, deserving that tasing. Here and here. Two places, side to side. Yeah. How did that feel? Unreal. It's like an electric shock. I wasn't argumentative. I was not combative, okay? All of this is a lie. All, every bit of this is a lie. Pulled away from him. I did not. The cops say she deserved to be tasered. The student being in construction zone and workers being present, it was 45, and she was doing 60. I explained to her, explained to her, she signed the ticket, it's not a mission to guilt, it's she promised to appear to court. She didn't want to. Uh, she, she, she said, take me to jail. She refused to even get away from the side of the road, poured more toward the bar ditch, and that's when she, he asked her, well, ma'am, you're under arrest. You know, she, she'd use some profanity. Was it appropriate for your officer to use a taser? Yes. See, I like cops who just they just they don't try to uh, mince words at all, and they, you know, in in no way are they trying to prevaricate. Hey, speaking of which, did was it Greg that said was it you that said that one of your neighbors set off a pipe bomb last night? I know it wasn't one of mine. Jesus, <laughs> you live in Beirut? Because I was out walking the uh, the and dog Greg this morning, right like, down the street from me. <laughs> see, so this, uh, but okay, so this it would have been, been one of the children from the pool. Then this, then this must have been a separate incident because you live. Because I was as I was walking my dog, and it would have been like maybe three fifteen. I had Max and Philo out, and some cop cars just were screaming down the street. But it was away from where you guys live, and I guess this would have been mm. too late at night anyway. If it was like midnight or something, which I think when he said it happened. Yeah. So how is it that they can? I mean, where would they even get the materials to do that? That's almost impressive in a horrible kind of way. All right. Uh, it is the uh, Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101, KUFO. Straight ahead, we have more from Tim Riley, ladies and gentlemen, on the way. Double Britney watch, double geek watch, mystery guest coming up later on. Peter Carlin from the Oregonian and Steve Kastenbaum. Stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Show. This is Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. Thank you for coming along. It is Wednesday morning. It's 503-228-4101. You can also email if you like. It is rick at rickemerson.com. Coming up here in about uh, 15 minutes, we'll talk to CNN Radio correspondent Steve uh, Kastamow. Oh, by the way, and so they found, I'm unclear about this, they find the wreckage of that plane or not? They found yes, some wreckage. They, they found some wreckage. Maybe not the but, wreckage. No, but it, it the, the water is deep there, so it's going to be hard to find. They can't just send divers there. The water is... send one of those... Jacques Cousteau under the sea things. So is it near the Bermuda Triangle? No, but you know no. what? Uh, see, I don't even... Uh, I got like nine things going on once. A, I don't even really know where the Bermuda Triangle is, and here's why I say that. Because I was actually looking it up in Wikipedia last night <clears throat> because somebody mentioned the Bermuda Triangle, and I started flashing back to that old uh, series, that In Search Of show uh, with Leonard Nimoy. 
where they would always talk about, you know, sort of unexplained phenomena. And there was actually no definition for where the Bermuda Triangle uh, it, it is. It, in other words, there was like no agreed upon sort of area that it covered. So I was thinking about I that. It was near like around Florida, isn't it? See, but I don't I don't really know because I think it all it just sort of depends. I think it depends on who you ask, sort of where that area is uh, is considered to be. But then, you know what it is near? Somebody was saying that the plane crashed right over where they found the Titanic, right over where the wreck of the Titanic is. And they pointed out that the plane is like one-sixth the size of the Titanic, and it took them like 89 years to find the, the Titanic. It was I like, don't you know, think the, this was anywhere near the Titanic. No, that's Anderson Cooper said it last night. He said it, was, uh, he said it was in the vicinity of the Titanic wreck. Anderson Cooper would not spread untruths. He would never him. lie. I don't think this is anywhere near the Titanic. It sounds like a made-up thing. I just, I'm just telling you what's... What Maybe the... this is why the ratings are going down, because he's been fed <laughs> fraudulent information. Look, I'm just passing there, along there, what the magic talking box in there, my living room there, told there me. Are I... no, there are no icebergs near Brazil. Okay. I... Well, that's a fair point. I, I would say that would be point number one. Game well, wait a minute. That, seriously. You find me an iceberg near Brazil and I'll Seriously, believe you. The Titanic isn't near there. Well, you know, now that I think about it, that doesn't make any sense. That what the hell the kind of lies are they peddling to me on CNN? We should demand People, that Steve Kastenbaum be held accountable those, for this. Uh, Caribbean iceberg cruises. <laughs> Sign me right up. You know, as I started saying, you know, they, uh, this plane crashed right near the Titanic. You, you did... were trying to make me believe it. You were just hammering away till I agreed with you. <laughs> Well, that's I what I do to everybody. Go down to defeat. That's <laughs> information I know not to be correct. That's what I do to everybody else. This show's interesting. Keep listening. Are you sure that he wasn't talking about the Titanic? Because the, the same that the same day the plane crashed, the last survivor on the Titanic died. Why would I have? Okay, look, that was like the day before. Sons of bitches! I just the look, last survivor. I'm the not Titanic the guy that got on television and said it. I'm just repeating what the glowing orb in my uh, in my house that, told me. That you did that just as any TV anchor would do because the public is stupid. There are icebergs <laughs> in the Caribbean. Was and it also above the lost city of Atlantis? I'm going to kill Come you see all. The Brazilian icebergs. If you're all uh, finished uh, making me the object of your fun. You bastards. Okay, I I'm was, all done. I was, I don't, well, that's entirely inconvincing, but I'm going to plunge on ahead regardless. Anderson Cooper said last night <laughs> that wherever this is, that it's going to be difficult to find, A, the wreckage, because it's, it, it, you know, the grand scheme of things, it's tiny. And then the other thing is that black box that they always got to locate, which is, uh, it's not actually a black box. I think it's actually like a series of wires or something, but um, it's, a, it's a bunch of coils. But the black box is like the size of a briefcase. And they said, you're looking, literally looking for something that is the size of a briefcase on the bottom of the Atlantic Ocean. Mm. And that, I mean, it would just be a miracle if they ever, if they ever found it. And then... I don't trust anything he says anymore. Jackasses. What they were doing... the size of a Volkswagen. You don't know. Look, they were showing... <laughs> and this is a, it's, a, it's a box full of cables? Is that what the brown <laughs> black box is? Are they connected to anything? Or are they just wire clippings that are put in a black box? Um, well, they were showing this thing on the screen. They had a graphic of the Titanic. I'm not crazy. And then they <laughs> okay. were showing, and then they were showing the airplane next to it. And they, they said, "Haven't even found the airplane." I'm surprised that they're not no, showing I mean, a picture. It, no, but they know how big it is. Don't be daft. They know what an airplane. Well, I thought you meant they were showing like the possible wreckage near the Titanic. Now you're trying to confuse. Me. <laughs> then they show a picture of Amelia Earhart. <laughs> Here's Jimmy Hoffa to give you a sense of this scale. Is what, this is what happens when you have massive layoffs and you have 15-year-olds writing stories. 
That's not just for KGW anymore, Tim. I um, suppose not. So, uh, all right. So nobody questioned these facts. Well, I certainly did. Well, I am now. <laughs> if by people you mean did Rick Emerson question these facts? The answer is a the answer is a hearty no. Maybe now is a chance. Maybe that's you know, you take advantage of that. You don't have to the, uh, like repeat the talking box verbatim like it's fact. Maybe uh, uh, maybe now I can take advantage of this texting program by having people let me know if I'm crazy. You can um, text me your thoughts on uh, this at five two zero five one, ladies and gentlemen. It seems like there ought to be a catchier name for that. Like, uh, does five two zero five one spell anything? Like, if I let me, let me look at the phone. Five two zero. Yeah. Yeah. No, because there's a zero in the middle of it, and there's nothing on the zero. Does the zero have? Uh, does it say operator? Are there any? Are there letters on the zero uh, key on your phone? I think it's no. I don't think there are. All right. Well, well, that was okay. That's an exercise. That was kind of All right. Wait. So look, uh, the, the ratings would indicate that perhaps not everybody else was watching CNN last night. As Tim noted, viewership of Anderson Cooper has uh, decreased somewhat well, since the election. Stories he has, I don't know why. So it would be nice to think that at least one other person saw this on the television. I'm going to be like one of those uh, uh, guys who saw the mysterious glowing lights over Phoenix and then desperately looked for somebody else who saw it. So I don't look like some sort of uh, mentally untethered nutcase. I don't believe it didn't occur. I'm just saying that the facts me, were not meticulously researched okay, be, me, before being presented to the public. Do you at least believe that, that you may have seen it? Okay, see, yes. why do you have to go qualifying like that to make it sound like I'm some sort of a nutcase? <laughs> why? Do you believe? There's first text message. Yes, you are crazy. All right, thank you, sir. So do, the, the system is working. Do the system always works, Tim? Do Do you believe that on Anderson Cooper last night they made the claim? that this plane crashed near the vicinity of the Titanic wreck. I would say that is probable. Okay. Yes. So I am look, I'm not saying that information is correct, mm-hmm. but that was on the TV last night. And even saying it out loud I realize what a retard I sound like. None of the TV said it was true. No, you know that some intern just messed up the teleprompter because they just had the Titanic in the news because the last survivor died. Yeah, and they good. probably got confused, and they're like, plane crash. Everything, the everything that sinks is called the Titanic. <laughs> next next text message. The Titanic? This, this, the next message doesn't even have any articles in it. It just says, Rick, you crazy. All right. Thank you. Uh, now I have to go online in, uh, in real time and look for this. All right. Uh, it's oh, no, Rick I'm Emerson looking for it. Show. It doesn't exist. It does exist. Look, it we're going to talk to Steve Kastenbaum from CNN, and he's going to be held accountable. He's going to be made to answer for this. And this happened on CNN's birthday. Listen to this. You are an idiot to repeat something that has not been substantiated. Um, says the plane went down nowhere near the North Atlantic, which is where the Titanic went down. Um, well, well, heck. The point is, this I don't could, even know this, what the this point could was. could be edited out of the podcast if, if you request it. <laughs> and never to be heard again. <laughs> We're giving you that uh, chance. Well, thanks. There is an exit strategy here. Well, why would they have said that though? I'm not saying it's true. In other words, I'm willing to uh, I'm willing to acknowledge that their information may have been incorrect. TV is full of baloney all the time. I can write to Anderson Cooper and ask. But I mean, look, can I can I, can I just say this though? I, I mean, just... they take legitimate news programs <laughs> and they replace them with infomercials. But I but look, here's the thing. I don't mean to insult anybody uh, who works on this show, but it's not like we're the sharpest knives in the drawer sometimes. Oh, yeah. So how is it that we or you at least would know this? <laughs> But but CNN would say it without like without even hesitating. 
I mean, if Sarah knows it's not true, and Sarah's not like Sarah's not like a, like a cartographer or anything, so. All Anderson Cooper has to do is read a teleprompter and arch his eyebrows. That's what he does. Uh, and look good. This one, and he doesn't have to put any effort into that. This says, Rick is a nutcase. Please, please take this job and shove it. I'm stuck in Tualatin. There are no restrooms. Uh, all right. This one just says, I got to quit reading these texts yes, because they're coming in they're like every four seconds. This one just says, because not everything is said in the media is true. Shut up. <laughs> Well, okay. It's the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. Moments from now, Steve Katzman from CNN, purveyors of falsehoods. Uh, we'll also have the mystery guest coming up at 720, Peter Carlin at 8 a.m. This is live. It's the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. Putting the cult in pop culture. The Jesus is about two inches tall. This is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. <laughs> We're all done ridiculing the host. We can move on. It's 503-228-4101. 503-228-4101. That is the uh, phone number here for the Rick Emerson Show. Broadcasting to you live from beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon. You need to give um, the text number again because it's hilarious to watch what people are writing about the plane. Well, Sarah, you can also text if you'd like. Uh, KUFO can be reached uh, text-wise at 520 Five one. Uh, here in a bit, we'll have a uh, good friend Greg Nibbler join us in the studio and talk about the. Uh, so I guess the deal is they want us to come up with a name for the, like a. Te- it's the text group or the. It's the sort of conglomeration. It's the uh, you know it's sort of because you, know, you can. It's a thing. Uh, we're uh, well. I, we'll have Greg come in to discuss it later. You know, it's just uh, I'm still the, I'm still back on analyzing the Anderson Cooper thing from last night and trying to figure out what the hell they were. It doesn't help that I was multitasking because I was answering email. And so I was watching the TV like out of my peripheral uh, vision and listening to that while I was also uh, writing and looking at my computer screen. Maybe we should ask Steve Castle. So it was all sort it. of, uh, it was complaining in my head. Let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show, Cena Radio correspondent uh, and stylish man of the world uh, from New York, Steve Kasterman. Hello, sir. Wow. Stylish man of the world. I like that. Well, it's, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's just a fact. Let me ask you this. Did yeah. you happen to watch Anderson Cooper 360 last night? I did not, actually. All right. Well, automobile. Sorry about that. I'm just, uh, would it sound at all plausible to, let me just ask you this. If I were to say to you, <laughs> if I were to say to you, well, it's going to be especially difficult, it's going to be especially difficult to locate this Air France flight because, and then at this point I would point to it, I would point at a large chart on the wall. I would, I would gesture at a, at, a, at a graph and I would say, because the plane crashed in the same general vicinity as the Titanic wreck, and as you can see, the plane is only one-fifth the size of the Titanic. That's going to make that job five times as hard. Is that something that would sound scientifically plausible to you, everything I just said? Wait a minute. They said that the, the plane crashed in the vicinity of the, of the Titanic? Well, so I thought. It's, upon closer inspection, it seems as though that, that may not be an entirely accurate statement. Either they didn't say that, or uh, they did say that, and I just sort of swallowed it and then regurgitated it unthinkingly on the fact uh, as fact this morning. I swear to God, they said that on CNN last night. Uh, now, when those words left my mouth, Tim Riley looked over at me and arched an eyebrow, as he sometimes does, indicating that I'm peddling information that might not be entirely true. And then Sarah sort of joined the chorus of, no, 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 I think you're really wrong about that. But I swear to God, that was news conveyed by your network yesterday. 
I'll have to go back and listen to the tape. I'm sure if they did say that, that they meant to say at, at the same depth okay. as the Titanic. Well, I'm, let's I'm just pretty sure. pretend this whole conversation didn't happen. Let's, uh, <laughs> we're going to move on. I think Tim, Tim was really on to something when he mentioned taking this out in post. Anywho, hey, uh, so I guess I should have just seen this coming because this is sort of like the, um, uh, the, the, the fortune cookie thing where you just end everything with like in bed or, or whatever or with, uh, you know, or with Ken Kesey where you can end it with while tripping on acid. Now you can just everything uh, and everything with and was bought by China. So this is, so General Motors is selling. Is it the whole is it the whole division that makes those Hummer vehicles? That's all being bought by it's not by by China itself, but by a, a company, which is kind of the same thing because it's sort of nationalized there, right? Yeah, well, yes and no. I mean, uh, they've they've created a, a sort of quasi-free market in China, and the government just takes a huge cut of, of all your business when you, when you have a big business there. It's not like here. It's no, no, no it's not at all like here. Yeah, it's it's not it, it's not like the government actually owns every every factory or anything like that. It's a, they've they've loosened up uh, things there over the past couple of decades. But um, you're right; a lot of the money will go. To the to the government in the form of uh, I guess taxes, if and, they call it taxes. And so I mean, it, it's kind of I mean, it, I mean you know I guess we we do live in um, I was going to say we live in a in a free market society, and that's more true in some countries than in others, I suppose. It is interesting because the Hummer is sort of I mean. It does seem in many ways like a quintessentially American vehicle. I mean, whether whether you think it's, uh, you know, a good car to own or not, whether you, you know, there's some people who really are into them and some people think they're an abomination, but you can, what the thing you can't get around, the Hummer is like, it is the mindless action movie of the car world, you know? And symbolic of uh, yeah. Americans' overconsumption, absolutely. Very much. And so the idea that it's going to be owned by, you know, a Chinese auto manufacturer is probably going to... I would imagine that uh, rankles a few people. That would be my guess. The Sichuan Tengzong Heavy Industrial Machinery Company. That sounds like a fun-loving group of folks. I bet their Christmas party's a riot. You know, the, the, it just doesn't rank up there with, like, Ferrari or no. Lamborghini. It doesn't roll off the tongue the way those do, you no, know? No, no, it, really, uh, it really does not. And I, should we be unnerved by the idea uh, that China is buying the rights to make what is essentially a military vehicle? I, at this point, it seems like, I mean, the last time I checked, it seems like the, the Chinese government already owns, uh, they already own a, a lot of things which will inevitably be used to invade us. I don't really know that we need to be helping them anymore with that, but that's, that's just my observation. Um, well, they stopped. They stopped making uh, the the consumer version of that of the Hummer that the military uses because there just weren't enough buyers right. out there. So, uh, but the there there's talk of the H4 coming out, sort of uh, something that could compete with the Jeep Wrangler a little bit, so something smaller, a little bit more fuel efficient. But they they say that they're gonna. Keep producing the Hummers in the U.S. and preserve 7,000 jobs. You know what they ought to do? They should have made a Hummer with a whole, you know, like the top, the entire top of the roof or whatever is just one big solar panel. If they made a Hummer that ran on solar energy, see, that would be awesome. That would be Yankee ingenuity at its finest. Because the big complaint about that car is that it, you know, is it supports, uh, you know, governments that are not necessarily uh, friendly toward the United States because it just, you know, because it puts us on the on on the oil, uh, you know, uh, you know, puts us on the oil uh, dependency forever. So if you could create a car that was just, you know, looked like a massive gas guzzler, but at the same time it ran on the power of the sun, that would be all great American things put together into one glorious mixture. It would be. I think that car gets, I think that SUV gets the same gas mileage as my dad's 73 Impala. Yeah. Um, hey, real quickly. So if they're doing this, now does this in any way, you said it reserves jobs, but does it, 
I mean, is it does it bail out General Motors to any appreciable degree, like financially speaking, whatever, however much they're sending selling this off for? I mean, is it going to re- reduce the amount of cash the government's going to reach into my uh, backside for? Well, it, it's it's part of the bigger picture. They're selling off the less profitable brands. Uh, what's interesting about this is that you know they're they're killing Pontiac, which sold I think ten times the number of vehicles as Hummer did in the U.S. last year. But they see Hummer as a more viable brand that can be sold in Pontiac. They believe just wouldn't be able to find a buyer. Uh, that's just uh, that's just sad, is what that is. All right. Well, what can you do? All right, my friend. Have a fantastic day. We will talk with you soon. Take care. There you go. That is a CNN Radio correspondent Steve Kastenbaum, ladies and gentlemen. All right. It's five zero three two two eight four one zero one. Something amusing going on over there on the other side of the uh, microphone. No. This program always amuses me. Nothing you'd like to share with the class. I just think Tim's awesome. All right. Well, that's never been in dispute, sir. Uh, okay. It's 503-228-4101. Tim Riley, what headlines are we tracking for the people on this Wednesday morning? Well, listen to this. In Nevada, scientists have discovered a giant blob dripping like honey. <laughs> are you they sure it's not actually just honey? No. It's a giant blob dripping like honey. Where? And Steve McQueen is on the case, undoubtedly. All right. Well, get... I'll get I'll get Joe Seneca to look into that right away. Uh, we're going to talk to uh, Bill and Marie, how they remained married for 80 years. And Nancy Reagan's at the White House today. Really? Is that because to have lunch with the First Lady? Is Two this, First Ladies in the kitchen. Is this all you... Well, that's, that's as it should be, Tim. Am I right, guys? Hey! Who are you talking to? I don't know. Oh, okay. Thank you. Hey, it's the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. Now broadcasting everywhere. I'm a feminist, but look at my boobs. The Rick Emerson Show returns. This is Rock 101 KUFO. Well, okay. It is the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. 503 228. Why did I say that? You know, that statement can really be asked of. Any number of things that we, uh, we... Hey, did you get your before photo taken yesterday? No. No, I was thinking that... I don't know, maybe that's something we Cause could Because Because your thing with Max Muscle is that you're... Uh, I did my Max Muscle thing. Um, and this isn't to become like a big bodybuilder, but it's, you want to no, be less no, no. Uh, squishy. As you I talked it. to this dude, Larry, and he was really cool, and he showed me, like, um, I, like we figured out, like, this plan for me with, like, a lot of, uh, like, protein and vitamins and stuff since I, you know, basically just live on macaroni and cheese. Now, do the... Did, when they... When you meet with uh, with uh, with Max Muscle, do they ask you? Do they ask you about your diet specifically? Like, does he say, yes. "Walk me through your uh, your daily exactly caloric intake"? And it's so embarrassing too, because you don't realize what a child you are until like yeah. somebody who's like completely you know in shape is like, "What do you eat?" I'm like, "Oh, I have three lunches, and then I usually eat tacos for dinner, and then I have elevensies." <laughs> and and I didn't awesome. even yeah, I know. And I'm just like, and he didn't even ask me about like. Like beer or anything, so I'm just like, okay, I'm not going to talk. Because he just sort of assumes. Well, that's just a given. Well, I don't know because he's just like, okay, I need to have your carbohydrates at the beginning of the day and not the end. I'm like, ooh. Because everything's sort of followed by like so and vodka. Have like a beer for breakfast. Well, that's uh, well, that's why they well, make rolling in rocks. A few in. hours. <laughs> they 
Um, no, but there's like all this like good tasting like like powdery mixy stuff that I'm gonna have. It's like I have this banana chocolate flavored stuff. This is well your thing of having to describe your your uh, meal structure out loud to somebody and then realizing that you are uh, in effect just an overgrown seventeen year old. I found myself making stuff up. That's a, it's sort of, is it like going, <laughs> it's like going to confession. Going to confession. <laughs> yeah. I was just gonna say. I talked back to my parents. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I uh, like and then I had a big salad. <laughs> Which I can't even remember the last time I even ate a vegetable. <laughs> Made out of pork. Uh, I had Brussels sprouts while lying on the beach. I, here's the thing is that, uh, so I haven't had to do that, but, you know, but Lara's gone. My wife is in is in Utah this week. And so my equivalent, and of course, as, as is often the case, you and I are living sort of weird parallel lives. Cause, so you are having to list all of your food intake to this to the, to the max muscle guy so you can uh, become a, a less soft version of yourself. Squishy, yes. Meanwhile, at my house, it's this sort of... Um, it's kind of like counting the rings uh, in a tree. It's like I, I kept the house, I kept it together for about a day and a half. But now, if you were to look at my kitchen counter, every single day, the pile of sort of food wrappers just sort of grows. And if you were to work from the top down, you can look back to like Tuesday night, Tuesday afternoon, Tuesday morning, Monday night. So you can just see, because I haven't bothered to make anything from scratch or eat anything out of the cupboard that oh, might be healthy. So. Why would I do that? So these are just the pile of discarded food papers on the counter is just sort of growing more and more massive. And I will do what every guy does. I will wait until Saturday afternoon at like 4.15, which is 20 minutes before her plane arrives. And I will be tearing through the house like the Tasmanian devil trying to shove everything like into the incinerator to get rid of it. So, all right. At the uh, news desk, ladies and gentlemen, your personal savior, it's Tim Riley. In the news with Tim Riley. Your morning, everyone. 6.43. Going to be a mostly sunny day today. Highs near 80 as the ships come in. And the kids have their parade in the Hollywood District beginning at 1 o'clock. Prostitution be gone from West Lynn. Did we say there's prostitution in West Lynn? There was. 28 people arrested in this major sting. One of these prostitutes advertised Craigslist, of course, where they all go. So the policeman uh, told these uh, prostitutes, meet me at the old vacant house in the park late at night when there's nobody around. They all did. <laughs> 23 all 28 of them? <laughs> it's not a trap, I swear to God. Well, I thought Craigslist got rid of the arrests. Well, this has been going on for a while. But I thought they got rid of the hooker ads. They did. Isn't that the deal? So, I mean, if you're... Uh, don't Maybe they have to call something different now. All right. They'll go... Uh, let's all look up... I don't up. think they're called hookers anymore in Craigslist. What no. should I search for them? Companions? Uh, well, wait a minute. Hold yes. on. Where? Hold on. Domestics? The, uh, domestics. Uh, Two see. cemetery uh, plots. How about per- pretty girls? Portland. Awesome little donkeys. That would be it. Awesome little donkeys? What are you talking about? I looked about? up companions and it says awesome little donkeys. What? Where? I have five pedigreed and registered miniature donkeys. Oh, okay. So this isn't... No. Well, you just said awesome little donkeys. I didn't know that was code for something. All right. Probably to somebody in Chehalis. Is this under... So this is under services? Services. Beauty. Ah, here we go. Adult. Well, so Uh, is that the... cleaning lady. What was it before? Was it... It was erotic services. Now it's adult services. Yes. All right. Adult services. Adult. You know, but you know what's more interesting here is... So you go to adult services here on the, uh, the Craigslist... And it's broken down into various categories. You go to adult services, there's women for men, tea for men, which is, that is trans, is that trans everything? Is that transsexual, transvestite, transgendered? Maybe it's just a cup of tea. <laughs> yeah, Nick, <laughs> your, your mind goes to dark places. The tooth fairy. Um, men for men, tea men for... for M. I don't know. Did you click on it? I think it's... Uh, yeah, transsexual glamazon. There are only four there. Transsexual... Not much of a selection. Transsexual glamazon. <laughs> yeah. Tea for M. The... Wait, hold on. I've clicked on this first transsexual. Uh, oh, she's pretty. Is that a she? Yeah, that's, well, it's, it's a transsexual. 
But I mean, what, ask your to meet. You're at the old abandoned house next to the park. <laughs> really? With 28 of her friends. Yes. You, please meet me. Please meet me at a jail cell downtown. All right. Uh, well, in any event. And by the way, but this is the thing I was curious about. So I just went to Portland's Craigslist site, and I go to the adult services thing, and I click on men for women. Empty. Nothing. So that. Uh, well, they're just getting started. It's early. That's not a growth industry. <laughs> well, they're probably at the waterfront. All the sailors are coming in today. Yeah, that's true. All right. Here's uh, Tim Riley. So the Milwaukee cops are forced to shoot a guy. At a condo complex, you get a 911 call about a bleeding man running around with a knife at the Northridge condos. Highway 224 and Southeast Freeman, they found him. They said, bleeding man with a knife, drop that weapon. He didn't. They told him to freeze. He didn't. And then there was a predictable outcome. Hey, where are you guys going? I don't know. We're all going to bleeding man. Mm-hmm. The uh, red-tailed hawk has been taken to the Audubon Society after being hit by a car downtown. Apparently, this is a big TV star on KGW. It's a, a bird star. Eyewitnesses said the bird that spends much of its time at KGW's Raptor Cam atop an office building downtown wasn't watching where it was flying and slapped right into a car. Raptor Cam, by the way, sounds like a film that the Sci-Fi Channel will be showing after Mega Shark versus Giant Octopus. Hey, where are my clothes? Customers at a Vancouver dry cleaner may never see their clothes again, or the store's owners. Cook's Cleaners at Vancouver Mall Drive abruptly closed, and the Vietnamese couple who ran it have disappeared. There's nothing left in the store except for some phone books and a wall poster. <laughs> But it, is it? But does Was it say a victim? I don't know. Do, does the poster say dedication with a picture of like a lake and then a duck who's trying to paddle halfway across or hang in there? Yeah, I haven't been there myself. I couldn't tell you. A giant blob has been found deep beneath Nevada, hidden between uh, the U.S. West Great Basin. Scientists have discovered a giant blob of rocky material dripping like honey. Scientists have been investigating this for quite some time. Honey dripping off a spoon is a visual aid to what this drip looks like, say the scientists. The blob is between 30 miles and 60 miles in diameter and extends for a depth of about 47 miles or at least 310 miles beneath the Earth's surface. It started some 15 or 20 million years ago and it's just been discovered. Wait a minute. The Earth is divided into a crust, mantle, and core. I guess the honey is between... The different layers, like, it's a, like a soft nougaty filling. Mm-hmm. How would they discover something dripping 310 miles below the surface of the Earth? I hate to be all Titanic Brazil on you about this, but how, like, how would they even? Well, they they get money to investigate, and they stick telescopes and cameras down there. It's like putting a. I don't believe that's true, Tim. I don't believe. Well, well they didn't send a man down there to look for it. But wouldn't that or necess- a monkey? <laughs> wouldn't wouldn't they have? Wouldn't that necessitate having a hole that is 310 miles deep? Yes. I don't. Okay, but you just say yes, but I don't think you can do that. I don't think that's <laughs> well, possible. Well, no. If it has a if it has a, a lens on it, <laughs> you're totally okay. This here's the thing about the Titanic story. At least I just sort of didn't try to justify it. I'm well, not done reading this yet. The magic man told me. <laughs> so rather than having several large blobs of highly compressed rock which the scientists described as behaving like honey or peanut butter. That they're not rocks. I think if something and Honey is... and peanut butter are two completely different consistencies. Now, like... the newfound drip won't cause the area to sink down or pop up quickly, nor will it cause earthquakes. In fact, they say there will probably be little or no impact on people living above the drip. This research is funded by the National Science Foundation. It is detailed in the May 24th issue, we'll have to get this, of the Journal of... Natural Geoscience, pick up your copy today. I think if something is dripping, it's not really made out of rock. I think that's, they were confusing that with drip up? something else. I don't know the answer to that either. All right. Well, this is one of those things that I'm just, this is like when Stephen Hawking talks about um, how time travel is possible. 
Like he'll, you know, if you see him do his lectures or he'll write his, he'll write books or whatever, and, and he'll say that time travel is possible. It just requires the right kind of energy source. And you wonder if a he's wrong somehow, you know, like he's just made some colossal miscalculation. B he's right, and you're just not smart enough to understand it. Or C he's actually just screwing with you by saying that time travel is possible because he knows that he's Stephen Hawking and you're not and he knows that there's no way that you could really dispute it like with any demonstrable degree of of skill. The Earth's mantle which lies below the thin outer crust we live on consists of rock which deforms plastically on a very large time scale due to the heat and pressures of depth. In any material that can flow including the mantle a heavy object will tend to sink through lighter material. Ah so this is okay so I understand that. So this is where This is a lithospheric drip. <laughs> so this is that was my uh never mind. That was your next choice. <laughs> that was my It's uh, my backup uh, gamer tag. Uh, the uh, uh, I was uh, but this is so this is where the rock is getting so hot that it's right. slowly melting. A region of heavy material ah. trapped in the lithosphere gets warmed up and begins to sink into the lighter, less dense metal beneath, also, pulling a long tail of material after it. It's all so clear to me now. It is dripping honey. All right. So there you go. So, so the bees can all die. We can get honey from this hole in the ground. So I'm, so now it all makes sense. Here's uh, Tim Riley. Guess what? There are going to be two first ladies in the kitchen today at the White House. It'll be Michelle Obama and Nancy Reagan. These ladies are going to lunch. Uh, this is a panel about a bill creating the Ronald Reagan Centennial Commission which uh, Barack Obama will be pleased to sign. There are few who are not moved by the love that Ms. Reagan felt for her husband, and fewer still uh, who are not inspired by how this love uh, led her to take up the twin causes of stem cell research and Alzheimer's research. This legislation, approved by an overwhelming bipartisan majority in the House of Representatives and passed unanimously in the Senate, will create a commission to honor President Reagan on the 100th anniversary of his birth. So stop complaining, Nancy. <laughs> so we're someone who's sitting at home, Don Regan is angrily throwing a crumpled up beer can at the television and cursing. So there you go. That's the end of that. All right. Uh, oh, we have uh, Will Ferrell on a new reality program. He is on Man vs. Wild. He's on Man vs. Wild last night. It's, I haven't watched it yet, but it's on my TiVo. Well, here's oh, one yeah. of the highlights. Uh, Will thinks about drinking his own urine. I know I keep asking you this, but... <laughs> Good morning. Is there some sort of signal you can give me when it's when it's time to drink our urine? <laughs> some sort of high sign? Well, I hear another thing about urine, because I I feel like I'm bothering you. I need a okay. pee break. Yeah. You know, a little bit yellow, a bit dehydrated, Will. Oh, that's it looks like Gatorade. Yeah. <laughs> I need to drink more. So Wait. far, Will has kept his humor. But in the wilderness, there's one thing you really don't want to misplace. I think I've lost my penis. <laughs> are you? Are you kidding me? No. Were we really I hearing Will Ferrell discuss urine drinking? Yes. It's a new national pastime. Well, I mean, it's science. I guess. Is it? <laughs> yes, it is. This is the science area of the program. We're talking about honey dripping earth mantles and Will Ferrell's urine. <laughs> Okay. What's next? I, You know, honestly, I, I don't have an answer to that, Tim. Uh, no answer that would make any kind of sense, at least. All right, then. It's 503 uh, Coming up at 720, we have a mystery guest. Oh, so uh, let's talk about this. So uh, at 7, 
you guys will talk about the mystery guest without me in the room, right? Yes. I will leave the room, and uh, you three will discuss the identity and area of expertise of the mystery guest. Uh, and then at 7.20, the mystery guest interview commences. And yes, but you've got to stay away from the internets for 20 minutes. Uh, how do you mean? Well, because that's, that's if, fine. No, yeah, I don't. Yeah, no, that's fine. I don't. Yeah, I won't. No, this isn't right. the guest that I was threatening you with last week. Like Greg and I have tried to get this other one on. Well, who, like who was the guest day? you tried to get on? Well, no, we're going to keep trying. We're gonna oh, I'm I see. So it's a, for for a later date. No, this is the one that you would ask him if he knew what. Wouldn't can't was. surrender. All right. So this is the uh, so this is the same thing. The same guidelines as before. It's a three minute interview. And I'm just this time, you know, Greg and I have discussed it. We're just going to give you. A few words about what this guy is an, ex- an expert on. So I'm just going to get the name, and I'm going to get the name and area of discussion only. Yes. How much? How long though before the interview? Uh, twenty seconds. So I get twenty seconds notice. I get the name, and I get what they what they discuss, what they're talking about. Yes. Uh, and then I got to do a three minute interview. Yes. All right. So that's uh, so at seven o'clock. Uh, Sarah and Greg will reveal the identity of the mystery guest to you, the listener. Then at 7.20, the actual interview commences. 8 o'clock, Peter Garland. And sometime before the end of the show, a Crew Fest prize pack. That is third row seats to Crew Fest 2 at Clark County Amphitheater, part of KUFO Summer of Rock. And that also comes with a Crew Fest DVD. That is all on the way. It's the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. It's the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. Coming along. It is Wednesday morning. All right, I don't even know in what order I should get to these things. One. What things? So, Brad Pitt apparently, is this the uh, the press conference they did for that Inglorious Bastards thing, yeah, the well, Tarantino so just, film? Yeah, he just looks super haggard sitting next to hot Eli Roth. Well, Eli Roth is, so Eli Roth is the guy who directed, uh, he did the Hostel films, but he's in the new Tarantino thing, Inglorious Bastards, which which I, I, maybe it's going to be good, maybe it's not. I mean, Tarantino is like, I was going to say he's two for five, but I don't even know if he's done five films. So, uh, Reservoir Dogs, Pulp Fiction, Jackie Brown, Kill Bill, Kill Bill 2. Death proof. So that's what? That's six. Mm. So he's like maybe two, two and a half. I mean, if you count Kill Bill uh, one, which is really the, the better one to me. So he's like, he's batting about 50, uh, 50 50 right now. So the Inglorious Bastards trailer is okay, except Brad Pitt makes me cringe. He makes me wince just does like he have an a, another terrible accident. Yes, yes, accent? he does, Sarah. It's always a bad accent with that guy. Uh, and is, whenever he's just looking beat. The, the, Brad Pitt can act as long as he's not being asked to change his voice in any way, which is why, like, if you see, um, and this is in my Netflix queue, so I got to watch it, uh, you know, at some point. But that Valkyrie movie with Tom Cruise, which I actually do kind of want to see, but at least they don't even try there. Like everybody just speaks on like a plain old American. I, like literally, you see the you see the trailers, and it's Tom no Cruise, who is presumably like an SS officer, like he's a Nazi, and Tom Cruise is a Nazi in Berlin in in 1944. So like anyway, we got to kill Hitler. So uh, all right, who wants to do that? Show of hands. All right, do we need a Should bathroom be break? Speaking German. Should we take ten? Come back, maybe brainstorm after that. Great. Okay, thanks so much. All right, Zika, wonderful. Uh, and that, but, you know, Brad Pitt though he he totally turns on this uh, bad bad accent during the trailer. I encourage you to watch it just so you can sort of you can sort of recoil along with me. Okay. Um, so Brad Pitt looking haggard, Eli Roth looking cute, but apparently neither of them are as compelling oh, as. Come on. I wrote this down. This is Sarah said this during a break. This uh, this is the quote from Sarah. Boy, I wish this room was mic'd during commercials. Quote. This is Sarah saying this. Quote. It's wrong that I find a 17-year-old boy really hot, end quote. He is really hot. And who is this? 
He's the guy that plays Jacob in Twilight. He's the oh, the uh, the werewolf guy. Yeah. Okay. Excellent. Come on. Cause see, Nibbler. Nibbler is a, is a straight man. Look at this. Do you? Uh... You you like the ladies, Nibbler? Is that not a beautiful man? I'm sorry. I do not see a beautiful man right there. Do you? Uh, Rick. So, do you want to be on Team Tim, Jacob? Anybody? I'm, or what? do you just want to be on Jacob? <laughs> well, that would be illegal. Sam. Well, no. I mean. No, I totally want to be on him. <laughs> See, you can say that. But, but, the rules but you'd are wait like Sam Adams did. Yes. yes. I'll the, wait. You want to go maybe to I'll his... just sneak a kiss in the bathroom. Maybe. You, you can celebrate his 17th birthday party. Maybe you should go. I was just going to say, maybe you should stop by with a gold necklace in your pocket. <laughs> Do you think it'd be smothering if I called him 27 times? <laughs> the uh, Well, let me see. You can, you can kiss him in the men's room. This is, uh, <laughs> let me see his picture. Um. Yes. I know. Sarah likes this. No. <laughs> Sarah gives this two thumbs up. I... No, he's got a no. His forehead is too small, and the rest of his face is too long by comparison. Oh, no, I mean, God, no. I can. You know what? He's not smiling in this one because he has amazing teeth. Too. I can. I see. am creepy. Uh, well, Maybe you'll meet him at the pool with your girlfriend. <laughs> <You're>... <laughs> Maybe I can pop his ball. <laughs> wow! Did you really just say that? Oh, I meant like the beach ball. <laughs> the beach ball. No. Oh, I'm sorry. This is the ball you deflated that belonged to the kid Where the other day. Where did your mind go? Sorry. No, she, she's been breaking balls this week at the pool. Yes, yes, she has, Tim. Let's stop this now, shall we? Well, let me just, you should put that on your blog uh, because okay. so people can see what we're talking about. So and this is, so the guy you're talking, I don't know the name of the actor, but he is the, he is the actor who, and you, the actor is 17 or is the character 17 or no, both? The actor. <laughs> well done. You know, here's the thing. It's not that you're creepy as such. It's just that you're 16. Here's the, oh, but no. see, welcome to the world of getting older. That's the thing. It's not, it's not that you're creepy as such. It's not that you're creepy per se, because you're not a creepy person the way that, I mean, look, we all, We've all met creepy people or had Facebook invitations from creepy people. You're not that. It's just that you're getting older. And as you get older, like, see, there's this weird, there's this strange thing that society does, though, where they somehow, society somehow uh, expects that, like, you will just stop finding people that you found attractive at a certain age, attractive Mm -hmm. at a later age. So in other words, if you're an 18, 19-year-old guy, you're dating 18, 19-year-old girls, everybody's like, hey, it's fine, wonderful. But then once you become uh, like 30, 35, you comment on that, suddenly you're like a creep and like you're you're a guy in a raincoat somewhere. And so it's that, so guys deal with that. So welcome to the world of advancing age and the Mm -hmm. having to qualify your statements. But see, it's less of an issue for you, though, because you know what, when you say that, you know, you're a woman who's embracing her own sensuality, as opposed to a guy who's like looking for a soundproof van. <laughs> Not in the van. eyes of the law. <laughs> that's see, but that's that's the thing. If, I don't think that would really swing. <laughs> if I say that, it's like you just expect the sound of duct tape unrolling afterwards. So, um, anywho. So anyway, so um, so we know we have the mystery guest coming up, and yes. our bell disappeared. So I found a stapler. Our oh, bell. Uh, our <laughs> our bell disappeared. <laughs> he disappeared along with that plane. <laughs> Uh, I was going to tie that into a comment about the... Ramona. No, I wasn't going to tie it into it. Nobody ties anything into Ramona these days. Yeah, that, that is true. <laughs> all right. Um, so we got all this stuff going on. So the mystery guest is going to be coming up here in what, like 10 minutes, something like that? Yes. All right. So um, yeah, we're gonna have to break here pretty quick. I'm going to leave the room so you guys can reveal the identity of the mystery guest. Uh, to the audience, and then uh, so coming up twenty after, I got to do a three minute interview with the uh, three minute interview with the mystery guest after twenty seconds of prep, and I'll just get their name and their area of expertise. Correct? Yes. Okay, so I will leave the room now. Hold on. Okay. And most thing about the staplers, yeah, I can't find the bell, Greg. So, like every minute that goes by, you're gonna hear this. That's, a stapler. <laughs> That's almost better anyway. Okay. 
Somebody stole the bell. Somebody stole the bell. All right. So Rick is out in the hallway. I'm covering my mouth. All right. Greg, who are we talking to? Okay, so we're talking to a guy named Ned Dominic who runs a website called wisechoice.net. It's an internet and porn filter site, and he's very adamantly against pornography. And he does not like porn on the internet. Oh, no, not at all. No, and, and he's uh, I'm sure this... he'll be successful at driving it out. <laughs> <laughs> and maybe he thinks that Rick has an internet porn problem? I don't know. Should we? <laughs> I think we should. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think okay. so? All right. Hi, Rick. Hey. And then she'll tell us how to dust. Okay. All right. Uh, by the way, this uh, the latest uh, text here to uh, to KUFO. You can text us if you like. Oh, okay. uh, it is five two zero five one. Says creepy, Sarah. Very creepy and disgusting. His teeth are so obnoxiously white. <laughs> Plus, that movie sucked. Uh, but at least you know to wait. So there's hope for you yet. So there you go. At least you. At, le- at least I you're... need to check out his birthday. Yeah. Sure. Uh, well, you, here's the thing with that guy. You know you're not alone, though, because you know that there's like a... Oh, my God. He was born in 1992. Uh, uh, so, I mean, you know that there's a jillion women in America, though, who are all thinking the same thing you are, though, where they're like, hey, look at the Jacob uh, guy. So, And he's not as weird looking as the guy who plays Edward Cullen. I'll give you that. I find him... I, I, I find that actor dreamy, at, but only as Edward Cullen, he looks not like, in life. He looks like Beavis as Edward. He's got, like, the weird hair that's all piled up, and then his forehead is huge. No, he huge. looks like a younger vampire Luke Perry. Uh, see, I don't see that. I don't see the Luke Perry thing. And he looks like a ferret to me. He looks like a ferret with a bouffant. He, he, you know what he is? He looks like a weasel with Brian Setzer's hair. That's what that guy looks like to me. The Jacob guy is sort of attractive, but he's got a tiny forehead. And the rest of his face... The, no, but see, you can't tell how small his forehead is in the movie because he has a wig on, so it's, he has really long hair. Yeah, but there, his hair is brushed forward, I think, to cover the fact. Or maybe that's why his face looks so out of proportion. Maybe the hair is, is, is sort of throwing me I off. Think... <laughs> I don't know. You know what's sad is I'm Googling image, like, image searching him, and like from pictures six months ago, mm-hmm. he looks like a child. Yes. Like, I mean, he's, uh, he's waiting for someone to make him a man, Sarah. That's just creepy. Yes. All right, so uh, let's um, um, talk for a second about this texting thing. So the KUFO, uh, so if you want to text us at KUFO, it is 52051. 52051, that is how you do that. And this memo went out yesterday where they are asking us to, to name the KUFO Text Club. And so, Greg, you have, uh, you're working at one of our sister stations for a bit. You uh, use this. So the text club is, uh, this is for, um, this is like if people want to be kept uh, abreast of uh, exciting developments, contests, guests, interviews, giveaways, et cetera. Right. They get advanced information. You know, If we have like a pre-sale on a concert ticket or we have a giveaway happening right then or, or a big interview with somebody, then we would send them a text. And so you them... get like a thing in your phones like, Sid and Marty Croft are going to be on in five minutes. Exactly. Tune in now. OMG. Yes. Uh, or LOL. Sarah Dillon is being let out of her house in handcuffs right now and, you know, or something. And, you know, like, be listening for details. Um, so we need a, a name for that group of people, a name for the, for the like, because we have Area 101, which is the sort of listener club, uh, just for the station a- a- as a whole. But this would be just for the text message club. Exactly. And that's what we want listeners to text in their ideas for the names. We've gotten a few so far, but uh, I would say nothing that uh, we're probably going to go with. We've had uh, Rock Text Club. We've had Text F.O. We've had the uh, Texticles Club, which uh, <laughs> I'm sorry, I didn't laugh at that. Probably I... corporate won't approve that one. But uh, uh, we got Sarah Text Dylan. 
That's the uh, that's the only and then uh, and then many 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 things that say sexting somewhere. There's we're not gonna we're not gonna do those. All right. Well, so hey, you... I just looked at the texting thing, Sarah. I'm another late twenties Portland Sarah with a thing for Jacob. He's so hot. I didn't know he was sixteen until today. No, no, no. He's not sixteen. He's, he's seventeen. 17. That's closer to not being a felony. <laughs> so well done, both of you. All right. It's the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO, about five minutes away from mystery guest, ladies and gentlemen. Peter Carlin coming up at 8 o'clock. And sometime before the end of the show, uh, another uh, pair of tickets to Crew Fest 2. Uh, third row seats today. It's the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. Stay there. Don't miss a moment of the Rick Emerson Show. Or you'll be filled with desperate, miserable shame. Listen online. Live or via podcast at KUFO.com. It is the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. You okay over there? Yeah, I feel like I'm going to sneeze. But oh, I thought I'm... you were doing like a like a hot flash kind of thing. <laughs> Maybe need to look at more pictures of the uh, underage guy from uh, Twilight. Somebody just totally owned me. <laughs> it's like, Sarah, he looks like a child because he is a child. Well done. Uh, I feel dirty. This email is from Jenny. It says, this is just Jenny saying this, by the way, is not my observation. Hell yeah, he's hot. He looks like an evil bad boy. A bad, bad boy. See, Sarah, welcome to the world of creepiness. And oh. Well, if anyone wants to see it, it's at SarahXDillon.com. Well, you know, well, this is, I mean, it, well, I, I will say that every single guy everywhere, uh, whether he will admit it or not, though, has had uh, that experience where you're there and you're sitting in the theater and you're watching, uh, you know, some movie. And, you know, there'll be some female character, and you're like, wow, she's really hot. And, you know, she, what is her name? And then you realize later that it's some, you know, that it's like some, I think Thora Birch was like that. I think when an American. Oh, yeah, she was under, wasn't she like 15 or something? No, that's Mina Suvari, uh, oh, okay. the blonde chick in America. Yeah, she was like 14 or 15 or something. Something that was truly weird. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was a completely creepily off putting thing. But I think Thora Birch was actually either just under or had just turned 18 or something like that. And it was, but it's that weird. Is that weird thing as a you know as a guy where you always you always feel like you have to go to IMDb before you're allowed to go like and she's very attractive. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, are we getting ready to do the mystery guest here? Yes, we are. All right, so uh, so what am I going to be given? I'm just going to be given the name and gonna... the general area of discussion. Yes, well, you have like a, you know prided yourself on being able to interview basically anybody. All right, so what is on the piece of paper you're going to give? All right, me? his name. And what he's talking about. Okay, so the the subject of discussion will, you, will be on there. Yes, and after you um, talk to him for like a, like a minute and like assess exactly what he's speaking about, then I'll give you his website as okay. well so that you can plug that at the end. So we don't have the, we don't have the bell to indicate as the minutes go by. No, what we are we using? <laughs> are you using a stapler? Really? Somebody has stolen the bell. <sighs> All right. The bell is gone. All right, hold on a second. Let me just really quickly, give me like five seconds. Okay. I have to uh, get a small drink of uh, water here. One moment. Ah. Okay. Hold on, I dropped my uh, lid on the ground. Okay, are we ready? Yes. Okay, ladies and gentlemen. Okay, as soon as you hand me the piece of paper, uh, I will be given like 10 seconds to read this to make sure that I can... Is it easy to pronounce? Yes. All right. There you go. Is this safe for air? Yes. Okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm just looking at the first word here. (laughs) All right. Uh, uh, Okay, I'm ready. All right. Yeah, go. Go. All right. He's being put on hold. All right. Okay. And uh, and so forth. 
and whatnot. And it's the Rick Emerson Show about to begin this segment. All right. And it's 503-228-4101. It is Wednesday morning right here on the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101. Coming up later on, Peter Carlin from the Oregonian. And uh, before the end of today's show, we'll have a uh, pair of tickets to Crew Fest 2. That's third row seats, uh, Clark County Amphitheater, uh, Crew Fest 2, part of KUFO's Summer of Rock. All right, let's uh, welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show, Mr. Ned Dominic, who's uh, joining us now. Mr. Dominic, how are you today? I am great. How are you doing? I'm uh, I'm fantastic. It's uh, it's a little bit humid here in Portland, to be honest, but uh, but that's okay. You know, I will. Uh, in the grand scheme of things, it's not such a big deal. Um, so tell us a little bit about um, the message you're trying uh, to give to people, Mr. Dominic. Uh, it's about internet pornography mm-hmm. and uh, and the impact it's having on most most guys. Fifty percent of uh, men on the internet are statistically accessing internet porn on purpose, and it seems to be having uh, kind of a rough effect on people's marriages, on the uh, rate of pedophilia, uh, just all kinds of good stuff. You may have seen in the uh, on the George report this morning, that a guy was arrested for sex with dogs. Isn't that great? Lucky dog. And uh, and you know it's wow. it's just part of that that whole scene that uh, I don't think we need garbage in, garbage out. No, I think we can all agree on that. Uh, how is it that uh, how is it that you first became aware of uh, of what a pervasive and uh, really invidious problem that uh, internet porn was? Uh, Mr. Uh, the old-fashioned way. I went to it and found myself uh, just up to my eyeballs, and I thought, "Golly, Your you know, eyeballs. do you really want to divorce oh. Ned? Uh, do you do you really want to be completely pilloried for your stupid behaviors?" And so I thought, either I'm going to have to get rid of this computer because I couldn't seem to stay away. It seemed to be very powerful and very magnetic, and uh, I couldn't really understand that. And I realized either I was going to have to get rid of that thing or my wife was going to get rid of me. Or uh, And then somebody came in and said, have you ever heard of Internet filtering, which is a uh, program that allows you to decide that you don't want to go there, and and that way you, you don't have to. It'll stop you. Now, is this a... Now I've heard uh, about some of these, uh, you know, these programs that parents will put on their computer because they, uh, you know, they want their kids to, to, you know, to not be looking at the at online smut. Yeah, and for grownups. All right, and so this is uh, how, how does it work? What is the uh, what's the uh, you know what's the, the procedure? Is, it's very simple. We it it used to be in the old days with filtering that if you had a word that like breast, for example, it would just block anything with the word breast. So that took care of uh, chicken breast. Uh, or if I wanted to keep like a, a breast of cancer, no research for that, but yeah. like everything else, it has rocked along technology, and now we operate on a huge database of known porn sites, literally millions of them. They all want to be found because that's how they make their money, and uh, so we don't use keywords anymore. We and uh, when you download our our filter, you decide what kind of things you want uh, blocked out. Now is this and, a uh, so yeah. if, if somebody has the your filter, which is uh, at wisechoice.net. If uh, somebody had this porn filter on there, and then uh, then suddenly in a in a in a in a in a moment of weakness, they decide that they want to be abreast of, of of breasts, as it were. Is that a thing where they can just uh, turn it off themselves? No, that they really can't. It's, it's set up so that you know most filters have a what they call an adult override filter, but we figure it's the adults that don't need the override password, so you don't get an override password if if you want to get rid of the filter. Uh. You get to call the nice lady at the office and say, "Ma'am, I would like to have my internet pornography back." <laughs> okay, and that's it's a little bit like the old days when you'd go to the drugstore and say, 
to the nice lady at the counter, uh, ma'am, I'd like a Playboy magazine. I need a prophylactic, please. Yeah, yeah. You just didn't really want to do it. All right. And so that's the way it works. It's really, we make it as unpleasant as possible for you to change your mind. And we tell them that up front. It's not government censorship. It's you deciding what you want in, garbage in or garbage out, either way. All right, excellent. The website is wisechoice.net. Ned Dominic, uh, helping people uh, combat Internet pornography. All right, best of continued success, Mr. Dominic. Thank you, sir. Thanks. All right, there you go. That's uh, Ned Dominic. Uh, Greg, do you want to uh, pick that guy up there and... Uh, just well, he's he's oh, really wow. energetic. That was amazing. Well, I didn't have to do any work there at all. That was. I think I got two questions out. So that's another one in the wind column for me. I think we should. I mean, really, well, the problem would be that we'd miss the dog story from, <laughs> yeah, from Washington State. <laughs> what a we, lucky dog! The, the, seriously, what was that? Was an odd thing that for him to really say. Really weird. I didn't think. Well, he was encouraged on the internet to do it. Apparently, and, the, and I like the idea that he was having a conversation with. And how perfect that his name is Ned, by the way, because you immediately go to Flanders. Well, I didn't know that he was going to talk about his own personal struggles with pornography. Well, do you want your oh. still? Yeah, seriously, I, I, I was up to my eyeballs in porn. I, <laughs> this is this is genius. Somebody, John, just wrote since I can't stop myself from looking at porn, I will start a movement to filter porn. Uh, so well, you know, they have um, they have this. Program. I, in fact, I think I humiliation too, where they can't turn it off. Well, that's. I, I have to say though. I mean, let's just give that guy. Uh, look, I don't know if that's a real story he told or whatever. If it's just an interesting backstory, but I do like the idea that you have to call the front desk and go like, grovel. Look, I, I want to see uh, vagina. Can Boobies. you can you please turn this back on? Come on now. They should make you say it three times like Beetlejuice, where you just have to call and go, boobs, boobs, boobs. I don't want to see it all. I just want to see and fill in the blank. They should. <gasps> you know, what do you mean, Tim? <laughs> yeah. Um, Morning show. They, but you know what they should do? This is, okay, you know what I should have pushed to this guy? They should have a porn filter that just filters out the kind of porn you don't want to see. That's a great idea. There should be some sort of, because, I mean, then, as Ned said, how often do you find yourself up to your eyeballs in, the, you know, well, in porn? Ned, he did face a tough decision. He had to choose between his wife and pornography. And, well, and, and it was all because of that computer. Like, and they're all different. And the, evil computer. The idea that you have to call to the front and go, look, I, um, yeah, I'd really like my porn back. But the idea that you, that you would have to repeatedly ask for it is pretty great. They should make a porn filter that just weeds out all the kind of porn you're not interested in. Uh, and it just focuses, or they could have this. They should have, you know, how they have like personal shoppers, uh, you know, like a guy that like you or like you know, you, you get a woman that comes to pick out your your clothes or like your your furniture or whatever for you to make sure that your house uh, that everything matches in your house color scheme wise, your palette matches. There should be like a personal porn collector, and you just tell the porn guy like it. You know, it'd be like when you go to the sandwich shop and they give you a little form and you check like wheat, provolone. Or white wheat sourdough English muffin. Or, or English muffin. Uh, and you say uh, bacon, jalapenos, a little bit of oil, and mayonnaise. And then you hand it to the guy and he makes the sandwich. There ought to be some uh, service where you just check off all the different things you're looking for in porn. And then somebody just finds porn that is, is only that. But I'm saying, don't I mean, a lot of internet you know, porn purveyors, don't they want different flavors? Like, why limit yourself? Well, you purveyor or consumers? Well, they... Yeah, consumers, I suppose. I, I see. I don't think that's true. I uh, I think everybody has. I mean, like, I don't know. I I don't look at the, on the internet's for porn, but I mean, don't a lot of the time, don't you just like stumble across stuff? Sure. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I'm just. Yeah. You would, you Let's would, say that that's the if case. If you put a filter on your computer, I'm just saying I think you'd regret it. 
Do you mean if wait if I put a filter on my computer? Yeah. No, no, no. But I'm not saying a filter. I'm just saying. Oh, you're saying I should have. I should keep my options open. Exactly. Uh, here's you my thing. Well, you remember when we were at Fantasy for the Bo Breedlove thing? It was you yes, and me and Kelsey. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, if you go to that store, for example, uh, there are different aisles showing different varieties of film. Yes. So there's the. Um, Film for uh, film for ladies, film for couples, film for men, film for men that are into women, films for men that are into men, films for whoever who's into whoever. It's for men who used to be women. Yes. And vice versa. Exactly. And so there's certain aisles, I would imagine, that the average customer frequents more often than others. And you know what? Probably certain aisles the guy, you know, that a guy would never go to just because it's not his thing. So... Uh, but on the internet, it's a bit like drinking from a fire hose. But the, the actual finding of the porn. I the mean. internet's to satisfy morbid curiosity, though. Well, so that's a good point, actually, because that's because even though you don't want to watch it, I don't think you really want to filter everything. I mean, think of all the hideous things we've watched on the internet that we don't really want to <laughs> like, see, like, but we can't stop ourselves. Like the time I, f- I had a friend of mine uh, who I will not adapt. It doesn't matter. He was a guy I knew years ago. But I, I was working in an office with this guy, and it was an office that had a little bit of a lax policy toward uh, personal behavior, not unlike here. And I remember I was typing away in my computer, I was answering email or doing something or other, and this guy, we'll call him Dave, is sitting across the office from me, and he's typing, and I hear this like, and he's typing, and he, he goes, he, he's, he's clattering in the keyboard, and he goes, hey, you ever go to a site called Stump Love? And it was like an amputee. Uh, well, see, now you said that, and thing. now I have to go there. Yeah, and, I, it, and, you know, and that's exactly my thing, is I thought, uh, no, do I want it? Of course I do. And then I typed it in. All right, it's 503-228-4101. It is the Rick Emerson uh, radio program. Coming up next, Tim Riley, what stories are you tracking on this Wednesday? After that, I don't know. But uh, Susan Boyle's brother says she'll bounce back. Obama says Dick Cheney doesn't have his facts correct. And Arizona Obama is charged with coaching her sons to commit violent armed robberies, and she was the getaway car driver. Uh, coming up at 8 o'clock, also Peter Carlin from the Oregonian, and we'll be uh, giving away another pair of tickets to Crew Fest 2, ladies and gentlemen. This is Green Day. It's the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. Share your thoughts with Tim Riley. I have irritable bowels. Please let me pee. Call 503-228-4101. This is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. You sound like a well-meaning but thoroughly confused dementia patient. I do? Well, I mean, not generally, but I mean, just there. (laughs) Not in life. (laughs) Just in the rejoin. Well, that's fine. (laughs) It is the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. You know what they ought to do? There ought to be, we were just talking to the porn filter guy. Rather than, I mean, that's a step in the right uh, uh, direction, probably. If you're that guy and you're thinking to yourself, what was this deal? Ned, you got to stop this. The, the, the thing where you install the porn filter and then you got to call the company and ask them to turn the porn back on, which is sort of like when you get your, uh, like if you were to have, like get your cable disconnected or maybe your uh, like your power gets turned off or something, you have to call and go, yeah, there's a problem in my house. No, there's no porn. No, it's, uh, no, it's quit working. I need, I need it turned back on. No, 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 just the, uh, no, just the hardcore part. Oh, that's great. What's your mother's maiden name? <laughs> um, the, but there needs to be, here's what he should do. His next step should be this, a porn filter that just anytime you, if you go to an adult site, it just emails like your friends about it. It just like tells your, or like, or, or that it, you, you give the name or, you know, the contact for like your pastor oh, or something. Like when Miss Dylan bought that pair of shoes and everybody knew. Yes, Exa- yeah, like on creepy. Facebook when you bought those shoes on Zappos or whatever and it, Facebook told everybody you just purchased some shoes. Yeah, and what size and how much they were and stuff. There ought to be a thing like that where you said if you give the name of like your reverend or whoever, your rabbi, and then whenever you go to like 
hotdrunksluts.com or something, it sends the rabbi a thing. You're like, Ned so-and-so is going to Hot Drunk Sluts right now. I mean, that would certainly be, uh, if the whole if it's the social shaming aspect of it. Uh, coming up at 8 o'clock, Oregonian uh, features writer and man about town, Peter Carlin. We'll also have a uh, pair of tickets to Crew Fest 2 coming up uh, next hour. This at the news desk is your personal savior, Tim Riley. <laughs> In the news with Tim Riley. Good morning, everyone. We have a chance of a thunder shower today. Highest day rating. Hopefully, it's not in time for the children's parade, where thousands of cheerful youngsters begin at one o'clock this afternoon, winding their way through the Hollywood district. The grand marshal is Tommy Pickles of Nickelodeon's Regrats. Also, get ready for plenty of traffic jams today as the bridges go up and down. As the uh, waterfront park hosts all those Navy ships now, that begin what, coming uh, in today and tomorrow. You know what somebody told me via uh, the text today, Tim? What's that? Uh, because if you want to, you can be texting KUFO at 52051. That's uh, how you can do that. You only need those numbers? That's, uh, no that's area it. Code, is it. Only five numbers? That's that's it. It's honestly just that simple. And I and and, and actually, if you want to make it even simpler, you just you put it in your phone. You just you just sort of load that number in. So it's 52051? Uh, it is, yes, 52051. We're trying to come up with a, a better name for the, the text club as opposed to just like a tech club, a text club. But it says here, uh, somebody emailed, texted me about the bridge lift and they say, well, anyway, it's, they're not going to be. Oh, here we go. Good news, Rick. The ships don't dock south of the Hawthorne Bridge, so your commute shouldn't be too badly effed. So I guess if you are. I had a diagram somewhere. Yeah, if you are north of the Hawthorne Bridge, though, all of those bridges, I mean, the ones that go up anyway, those might be screwed. So the uh, you know the deal is you just got to go over the bridges that are just that are fixed that don't that don't adjust. Yeah, that's correct. Uh, let's see, the furthest they go is to the Morrison Bridge. Yeah, so which had, it lends more credence, by the way, to my theory that they ought to just start building bridges taller. Draw bridges are a stupid idea. There's just no reason for them. They don't need to exist. All right, here's uh, Tim Riley, ladies and gentlemen. Police have arrested two guys on suspicion of forcing women to drive them to ATMs and withdraw money three times in the past week. One of the guys barricaded himself in a house for 90 minutes before surrendering. So it looks like they got these guys. So an end to that, Eugene. Meanwhile, opponents of coal-fired power plants like the one in Centralia may be getting some help from a recent study of liver disease. Oops, hang on here. It's I'd like to do that setup again. Liver disease. One more time. Liver disease. liver disease. We uh, found that there is an exceptionally high prevalence of liver disease in, in the U.S. population, adult population, even unexplained by traditional causes such as alcohol or viral hepatitis. Wait, uh, this, I don't, even, even having heard your introduction several times, I don't understand what that guy's talking about. He's talking about the connection of coal-fired plants causing liver disease. If you do squish it, it does have a, a, a reaction. It emits a, an acid that can cause, like, dermatitis to people. All right. Mercury All right. is released during the combustion of coal and, and these power plants. It goes up in the air, comes down in the rain, ends up in uh, rivers, streams, lakes, and it concentrates in fish. Well, is this, so this is, uh, this is just regular coal. I, I didn't think anything burned coal anymore. I thought it was illegal. No, they do up there. Well, okay. Up in uh, Centralia. Well, Centralia is like Chehalis, though. I mean, it's it really. I mean, what are you, what are you staying alive for in Centralia anyway? I mean, really, what is it? I can't wait to grow up and bring great change to this town and to become Miss Centralia. I mean, it's. Let's just... go to the next town over and uh, bugger dogs. Well, never mind.
That was an early news story. Let's talk about uh, to some happy people. This is not an actual suggestion for your free. <laughs> this isn't don't. part of like the KUFO concert calendar or whatever. This isn't. No, it, it was a true story. This isn't part of the community entertainment guide. It was a Shehalis man. Yes, it was, Tim. Who had been having relations with his two dogs. Okay. Who has now been banned from doing so. So we'll see if that works. He has one of those filters, as we were just speaking of. Uh, let's talk about uh, something more pleasant. Bill and Marie have been married for 80 years. Now, Marie is 99 and Bill is 100. Let's ask them their uh, their solution for happy marriages. I said, doctor, I have age arthritis, so I don't have arthritis. <laughs> she never gets mad at anything. If we have a little dispute, which we have, in about five minutes she'll come over and put her, or I'll do the same thing to her. Forget the dispute. You have to. I turn around, put my my hands on her stomach, and she falls asleep. Honest to God, can you believe this? That is not fair, Bill. Tell every little thing. Don't gobble everything that I say. Do what you got ahead of your own. Use your own head. They spend too much money. They don't know how to hold on to my money. A one, a two, a one, two, three. What, a, what is going on in this soundbite? That's it. There's like five different things that have taken place here. You're answering questions that weren't asked. And what does she mean, don't gobble everything that I say? <laughs> I'm not familiar with Bill and Marie that much, so I couldn't tell you. At one point, he's he's uh, he's putting his hands on her stomach. And it makes her Try fall to visualize asleep. that. And also, it sounds, like, it sounds like Bill was getting a little randy about halfway through uh, one of those cuts of his, which I find uh, rather disturbing. But... And he's 100 years old, so if that's, that's, the, way if that's the way it's going to be. This one says, uh, okay, I'm sorry, I'm just reading more, uh, more, comments about, uh, more comments about Bill and Marie here. Somebody said, Bill and Marie, does, is Bill, uh, this email says, has Bill been gagged with something? It sounds like he's got a softball in his mouth. It really does. All right. An Arizona mom is charged with coaching her sons to commit violent armed robberies. Well, we learned a lot. Uh, we, earned, we learned that this young lady lost her job in the mid-April time frame. She's and 51. it appears She's that she young. was using her apartment as a flophouse. And to help pay her bills, cell phone bills, vehicle bills, standard things that she needs to live, uh, she had these young men go out and commit armed robberies. We're talking about children of uh, all ages, all the way from the uh, 20 years old down to 12 years old, as you discussed. Some of the males were using the apartment as a flop house. Uh, some of the males, as you discussed, were her sons. And then I believe we had also, we had a male that was in the house that was a runaway. So she's like the Mitzi Shore of the armed robbery world. Well... Yes, not very attractive, Oh, though. wow. She drove the getaway car on numerous occasions. Oh. This just wasn't a simple, hey, give me your money, give me your iPod, give me your cash, and we're going to go out and pay bills. Almost every single victim was physically attacked. Uh, they were hit, struck in the side of the head with a weapon. They were pistol whipped. One was put inside of a hospital. Is, is her name Blanche? Her name is uh, Cynthia. She looks very much like a Blanche, or perhaps a Gladys you of some You know exactly kind. who she looks like? She looks like that lady who was in the wheelchair who was... Um, Paying the teenagers, to, like oh for favors. Uh -huh. There was that horrible story from Clackamas or Gresham. I'm just, I'm, just, I'm just assuming it's Clackamas. There's that woman who was in the wheelchair and she was uh, offering uh, like alcohol for sexual favors, drugs oh, and I alcohol to no, teenagers to uh, to service yeah. her, uh, you know, and to yes to, uh, to to scratch her particular itch, which it was just, it was an oh. altogether like off-putting story. All right, here's uh, Tim Riley. 
Uh, then we have pharmacist uh, Jerome Esselin of Pennsylvania. He's charged with murder after killing a robber at his drugstore. I carry a concealed weapon because I don't want to get shot by somebody when I'm trying to work and make a living and they're just wanting to take what I have and, and they don't care about my life. What? <laughs> Who are these people? Wait, what is your deal today? Where are you finding these sound bites? I come in here before anyone else. Did you just dig a little bit deeper? Drag a microphone through a trailer park? <laughs> Jesus. No, this is God almighty. This is what's being offered. This is like this is like when you just sort of scrape a piece of masking tape along the floor behind your refrigerator and then gander at what's stuck to the underside. What what where where was that guy from? <laughs> Pennsylvania. I mean aside from a home somewhere. He was in Pennsylvania, and they allowed that guy to carry a gun. Yes. Okay. Well, he was trying to defend himself. He was a pharmacist. Well. And he was robbed constantly. So they allowed that guy he's to like handle. The, the, the Bernard Getz of the medication. <laughs> dispense medication. Yes, he's the Bernard Getz of the pharmaceutical world. So That's exactly who he is. By the way, and just so FYI, this is like, a, you know, you, Dear Abby used to do the uh, confidential to, uh, you know, cynical in Sacramento. So this is confidential to uh, idiot rednecks everywhere. I'm looking at the front of today's Oregonian, uh, and there is an article by Richard, uh, Richard Cockle from the Oregonian, and it says that the headline is uh, about the buying guns and ammunition. It says, gun owners fearing government restrictions pick ammunition shelves clean. And there's a picture of an ammunition—there's a gun store somewhere. Uh, this is at Fisherman's Marine and Outdoor where all this ammunition is gone. Guns are still there. Ammunition gone. Because you've got these pinheads who, uh, you know, every time... Why these... can't they make their own? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know, Tim. I don't know why they can't do that. Were you channeling Oklahoma just there? Kind of. Okay. Wanted to make sure I wasn't imagining that. Um, but, it's, it's, you know, every time that there's why some... Why can't they have, like, bullet-making parties? It's like every time there's an administration that they don't storefront in Gresham, <laughs> they don't agree with. They always they always go right to like you the man's your gun. the man's gonna come take my guns, and people always say to you, "Well, I look, I need uh, I need to have guns and weapons and ammunition around because uh, of these mixenthicities here." Yeah, so the so the so the government can't come get me. And here's like F, it's just a side note inside a side note. If the government wants to get you, uh, you, you know, you're God. They're, they're there's just no. You. That's the thing. Like, like the, the the guys at Waco had everything with their own nuclear power plant there. So I mean, you know, they were gotten. They're not taking over our town. That's right. First um, thing they'll do is nail the church door shut. So, so, so when you have this fear that somehow the government's not going to let you be carrying a gun around, they let that guy carry a gun. Okay, that guy whose soundbite we just played. Can you play just a part of that soundbite one more time? Yes. He sounds... I carry a concealed weapon because I don't want to get shot by somebody when I'm trying to work. Okay, that guy was given a gun and ammunition and a concealed carry permit by your government. They're not taking guns away from people. In fact, they're really just giving people guns when they're born. It's sort of a door prize for being an American at this point. Congratulations, here's your birth certificate and a social security number and an automatic firearm. Enjoy your time in America. Yes, uh, text says, that guy talking about needing a gun, Rick, sounded like the friend of John Wayne Gacy you had on the show. He totally did. All right. Uh, coming up at 8 o'clock, Oregonian uh, features writer Peter Carlin will be joining us on the show. Next hour, pair of tickets to see Crew Fest 2 at uh, Clark County Amphitheater, part of KUFO's Summer of Rock. It is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101. KUFO, ladies and gentlemen, here's Lincoln Park. KUFO, Portland.
makes no sense. It's difficult to navigate. The site has like the site has some sort of reverse search function where you type in what you're looking for, and then it brings up a page that has absolutely everything but that. It's like it removes just those things. It is a Rick Emerson show. It's uh, 503-228-4101. Good morning to you. It is Wednesday morning, ladies and gentlemen. This guy has a really good point. This, uh, now see, now I don't even know. Is it an email or is it a text message? Jesus, God almighty. Well, you know, there needs to be more ways for people to get a hold of me. There needs to be some sort of a transmitter put in my teeth uh, so people can beam their thoughts directly into my brain. Um... We need to get the bug guy back on the show, though. That guy that was, he came on and he spoke. Was it about bed bugs? Was that the reason we had him on? His entomologist? No, it was about some kind of poisonous bug. Oh, I can't remember why. Because that's when he said this. If you do squish it, it does have a, a, a reaction. Uh, it emits a, an acid that can cause, like, dermatitis to people. <laughs> I didn't even remember it who. It was kind of amazing. Do we remember who he was? I mean, no, because we Tim had played a soundbite, and then we we and then we tracked the him down via him. his yeah. name, uh, and then so it's just um, it, it, so all I have the soundbite is just labeled as bug guy. All right, well, you know what? That's a thing I can actually you know I can actually say right now. Uh, if you know who that bug guy is, I won't play the whole thing again, but just the uh, if you do squish it, it does have a uh, a reaction. That guy, if you know who that bug guy is, you got to let us know because I want to have him back on the show. This one says, Rick, you must get the bug guy back in the show. We have many insect questions that must be answered. Do you have his name? I want to be his friend on Facebook. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show, a uh, man who causes uh, itching dermatitis of the brain, Peter Carlin from the Oregonian. Hello, sir. Hey, buddy. How's it going? Hey, hey, sport. I'm doing, I'm doing fine. I'm well, champ. Do you have, do you know people in your life who, who refer reflexively to you or anyone as, as chief or boss? Yes, they're called salespeople. Well, yeah, but what's that about? Uh, I have friends who do that too. Which it always makes me. I always try to up the ante. Then I say my liege or buona. I try to make it more. Wait, like, what is buona? That's a thing that I see referenced in old films. Yeah. What does that mean? Your holiness, buona. That that's kind of like a way old fashioned like. Go on an African safari. That's what the, the, the you know your local guide. So the native peoples would say. Yeah. So it kind of takes you to the borderline of of, of uncomfortable race based language. Um, the mileage is uh, is actually pretty great. I dig that. Okay. We've got uh, our friend Jim Rupert at CNN uh, says uh, mileage, and he uh, he makes it work. You got to be able to sell that with the right inflection, though. Yeah. Um, now the uh, I had a uh, uh, we used to work with a guy. Not we, but a, a long long time ago, I worked we with this guy. We we yes. Well, uh, we have all worked with the guy who says that just like you know years before it was on the office i used to work with a guy named sean in another market and sean's thing was the he he said that's what she said all the time and everybody's worked with the guy that did that everybody's worked with the guy that does the finger pistols um sean's other thing was he he was a uh, a hot ac he wasn't himself hot but he was a he was a dj at an ac station an adult contemporary station that played sort of uh it was energetic adult contemporary, which meant it was like uh, Gloria Stefan and Amy Grant. That was, you know, like the sort of uh, really boundary-pushing material right. that they were playing. I like, or uh, my favorite is like rhythm, uh, like contemporary rhythmic or rhythmic, you know, the one that in, in, includes the word rhythmic, as though there, as though most music were completely arrhythmic. Most music is just... Most music is just an open E chord that's being played on a... Uh, oh, lots on of a drones. On a theremin with whale song. Yeah. Um, Anyway, but so Sean, I'll just give his first name, but uh, he had a terrible dopey radio name. But Sean's whole thing was he wore every day this baseball cap that was corduroy. And it was from like, it was one of those hats that you see it on a guy and you instinctively know that he doesn't do what the hat advertises. And because it was like a hat that said, 
you know, like it, it was like a like a flight school or like for like, you know, indicating that he was a pilot or something. And you just knew he wasn't uh-huh. just like when you see a guy in a Harley shirt. He's always in a car. He's never actually on a Harley. Um, but his thing was this corduroy pilots had every day, sunglasses. And Sarah knows what I'm talking about when I say the big sort of blue blocker sunglasses with then the lanyard. But they were, you know, so the little strappy thing, but they were the kind that um they were like little socks that went on the earpiece of his yeah, sunglasses that then went back around his neck. Um, and then he wore these, he would wear like a golf shirt and then the, what we as a kid used to call dolphin shorts. I don't know what they're really called, but they're these kind of satiny shorts that have the tiny little slit on the sides. Yeah. And then they ride up. So you've got the big uncomfortable crotch uh, view every now and again. You know, you're saying the, 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 the extent and passion of your uh, details on this guy it makes me wonder exactly what was going on between the two of them. Well, what was going on is this, is that he worked at the station next door to ours. He developed very passionate feeling. But go ahead. Yes, go ex- ahead. He looked like an extra from Reno 911, and he was in the studio directly next to ours. Uh, and so my friend uh, Todd and I would work there, and we would see this guy every day. And he was one of those guys that grew up not really understanding that you can't actually just talk like Dr. Johnny Fever and not look like a douche. And so you'd see him in the morning wearing his sunglasses indoors in the hallway. He would have his coffee cup in his hand. And as he would walk by you in the hall every single freaking time, he would give you the finger pistol with the right hand, clutching the coffee cup with the left, and he'd say, Hey, guy, how's it going? <laughs> and then he'd go into the studio. I mean, it was like every single interaction with that guy. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, was he a happy person, do you think? I, it, if he is, he's ahead of me. It wasn't even that he was happy. It was that he had no, there was no actual him. There was no actual self to that guy. He he didn't really exist in any demonstrable. And that's the thing with a guy who goes, hey, sport, pal, uh, you know, big guy, champ. Th- that's a guy that has no actual. <laughs> and so we would just escalate to, to the ultimate level by just, uh, we latched onto at one point just calling people meat. And and so somebody would go, hey, chief, how's it going? I go, I'm fine, meat, how are you? Just yeah. to sort of see what the reaction was. It was usually just sort of a stunned silence, and then there would be a whole lot of nothing. So on that note. Right on. Hey, uh, so you, are you doing some, I looked for this at Oregon Live, but uh, the search feature was giving me some difficulty. I don't believe you. There was... We have the most advanced feature or a, a search function on it, the internet. I, I, just so you know, here's what I mean by that. I went to Oregon Live, I typed in Peter Ames Carlin, and your page came up, and it literally is just blank. There's just nothing there. Yeah, well, that's the perfect... Re- they've come up with something that can represent perfectly the contents of your mind. <laughs> it's just acres of white space. Yes. Um, so are you doing a thing on this on this Ron Jeremy sex club? Oh, we're kicking it around a little bit. I did a little, uh, I did a little internet blurb on it yesterday. And so what is the, so he is the owner, the co-owner? Co-owner. You know, I think he's mostly just like the public face is my sense, or he, he might be a... He's the figurehead. Figurehead of some yes. sort. But it's, a, it's, a, it's an upscale club, swing club, for adults who like to make friends quickly, um, really good friends quickly. And uh, and just socialize together, but it's classy. You know, you can't. You got to wear designer jeans if you're going to wear jeans. You got to be neatly pressed. You got to you got to be well uh, showered. And there are showers that you can use during the course of an evening as things, you know, as maybe your condition would change and you, it would need to be revised. I'm re- I'm taking this all off the website. <laughs> this anyway. So, but it fits right in. You know, you sit there and you think like, wow, that's kind of outrageous. Like this is really like another another little step down the slope. But on the other hand. Portland is like the world's most sexed-up city between all the strip clubs and the 
the different porn video um, thriving community, and um, and uh, on and on and on. I, and with Mr. Jeremy in town now, I swear to God, we're like one proclamation away from Portland being the, the nation's first clothing optional city. Can we just get a like a like some sort of a uh, an edict uh, from the mayor? Or something just call ourselves Sex Town. Sex Town, well, USA. I think unofficially he's already moved us there. So. <laughs> yes. Um, are you going to be paying, journalistically speaking, a visit to the sex club? Not to my knowledge. Um, I hadn't gotten that far in my thinking yet. I mean, I would find that, on the one hand, that would be really compelling, but on the other hand, it might also be... I don't know what to say because on the because the thing is, if I were to do that, then I would have to publish stuff somewhere, and I have a really difficult time imagining the Oregonian wanting. To... That is true. Yeah, uh, I will tell you that Sarah and I toured the the other uh, uh, swingers club here, the uh, what is now called Angels. That's uh, club. Yes, the uh, Sarah and I uh, went on a tour of that place last year. And uh, which was actually it was quite uh, as you put it compelling. It was quite fascinating. Um, Were you there during business hours? No, we went during the day, so it was empty. Um, and uh, it was uh, empty people. We were the only people there. And then there was a uh, uh, two men and a, and a woman who uh, kind of just walked us through and gave us a tour of the whole place. First of all, the place is huge inside, mm-hmm. uh, and much bigger than it looks from the outside. And it used to be a house. And so there is, in fact, just the one detail that I will always remember is there's this one of these main sort of rooms where there's a large, huge, you know, there's like a queen-size bed or whatever where you can... Oh, the group room? Frolic, yes. And, yeah, and that was a room that it used to be like, that was like the living room or the fireplace room or whatever, because the fireplace is intact, as is the bookshelf immediately adjacent to it, and still on the bookshelf, uh, Reader's Digest condensed books, like 40 of them, so... Well, in case you get bored. Yeah, exactly. No, it was... uh, Catch up on your reading, you know? It was... uh, so you can brush up on your Longfellow. Do you think? <laughs> do you think? Um, do you think that people ever like like take go to one of those places and bring a book just in case? You know, just well, you know, maybe just while you're waiting for the right partner to pass along or something. Yeah. But that might be a striking look. You know, you would appeal to all the intellectual. Um, Naked women. Hold on a second. I think Sarah's got. Are you developing some sort of rash? No, over there? my hand itches. I, I was in my backyard last night and I got attacked by mosquitoes. Savagely attacked. Well, one yes. of those, and one of those things that that that, that spews it, something that, that gives you dermatitis. Is it causing itchy dermatitis to the skin? Uh-huh. <laughs> All right. Uh, very quickly here, so uh, and then you have a thing. What is coming up in the Oregonian that you'll be writing that people can be reading? I say in the worst sentence ever. Well, let's see. I did um, uh, 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 there's like my long term thing now that I'm doing is only going to be out in a couple of weeks, but it's about the Rose City Rollers who rock out, and everyone should go check them out. At the, at, well, they've got the big championship bout at the Expo Center coming up later this month on the 27th, I believe, or the 26th. And uh, between now and then, they've got bouts at their uh, at the hangar at uh, Oaks Oaks Park. Excellent. All right, Peter Carlin, read him uh, in print of the Oregonian or. Find him without his pants wandering through the, through town <laughs> and fitting right in, I should I should say. Or that, sure. Yeah, silence, silence. Grab like, that, Greg. we didn't just have that conversation <laughs> as a way to try to humiliate me on my way out the door. There's no, you know, I, I would never, I would, I would never do that. Playing something. It's like that silence. It's sort of like, where did that come from? Oh, I don't know. How about what we were talking about 20 seconds ago? I would never, that would, the furthest, Peter. I would never do something, any, any, anything like that. I was doing that thing where you stick your fingers in the hole and kind of. Yeah, yeah, thank you. Thank hangs you. Inside. All right, excellent. Thank you, sir. All right, I'll there you go. Peter Carlin from the. Aren't uh, you having him as a guest today, too? Yeah, Peter. Way to make him mad before you're having him on your TV show. Uh, well noted. Uh, uh, so he will be. Um, uh, uh, Peter Carlin will be the guest on Outlook Portland. It's not going to air uh, today. We we're t- taping it, but um, that is uh, he's going to be uh, filming an episode of Outlook Portland with me. So, all right. It's 503-228-4101. I'll tell you what, we're going to take caller 10 right now for your chance to win a pair of tickets to Crew Fest 2. 
And today, uh, we're taking call number 10 right now, and you are going to play an exciting installment of You Can't Say Uh. 503-228-4101. We'll take color 10 right now. 503-228-4101. Crew Fest 2 is part of KUFO's Summer of Rock. Here is Ozzy Osbourne from the album Black Rain. Says don't want to stop. It's the Rick Emerson Show. Awesome. That, by the way, is uh, from the Black Rain album, which is just one of the best things. That's the best Ozzy album since uh, No Rest for the Wicked, by the way, in case you were wondering. It's got a song in there called um, Almighty Dollar, which is jaw-droppingly good. Here's the Rick Emerson Show. We'll talk about one of our fine partners, Secret Aardvark Habanero Hot Sauce. Uh, and one of the phrases they use to describe this, I was uh, uh, talking with uh, Scott and Rob, the guys from Secret Aardvark, and they um, they say 21st century ketchup, and I understand why they say that, although it's it, a little misleading. Cause it, you know, it's obviously, it's, you know, it's not ketchup. It's, um, it, you know, it's a hot sauce. But when they say that, they mean that it can just be used for, for almost anything. You can, as the, I think, actually, the label says, dump it on anything. Uh, you can put it on almost any kind of food, and it's going to work. And, uh, in fact, Tim, uh, Tim Riley, you have some experience with that? I did. I had a black bean burger. And, and I put it on it. It was delicious. And I mean, and so, uh, you know, it has uh, some spice to it, but it has it some flavor. It doesn't overwhelm everything. No. Especially for somebody who comes from California and used, used to a little bit of flavor kind of like that on yeah. things. But you don't get it up here. So it's a good thing that we have Secret Aardvark now, especially for those who moved up here from the southern area. And so if you're looking, and, you know, here's the thing. And, like, if maybe, uh, you know, if you yourself like things of a certain degree of spice, and maybe you're, you know, you, so, you, know, you have uh, you know, somebody who's uh, maybe not into so much spice, this is really the perfect uh, thing for you because, again, it's the heat and it's the flavor mixed together. You use a little bit of it or use a lot of it because it goes with almost any kind of food. In fact, I was at the, a pizza place last night, and uh, this, guy, this is actually listening to this guy, Logan, who was at the pizza place, came up and he's like, hey, we normally have secret art drug, but we're all out. People People keep using it. So people had actually used it so much and so frequently on their pizza uh, that it was actually gone. They had to reorder it. So Ketchup is gross, too. Well, that's, see, that's it my reminds thing. me of Teresa Hines' carry, see, which is a bad thing. That's my At thing. Least Secret Arvark does not. No, it's, no, no it doesn't. I like it. That's going to be their new That's gonna be their new slogan. Doesn't remind you of Teresa Hines' carry. It's Secret Aardvark Habanero Hot Sauce. Habanero. Call 503-228-4101. Some blueberry jasmine smoke and look arty. This is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. Rock dork. No problem. It is the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO, home of the world's finest bumper music. Let's take a moment to appreciate this, shall we? There you go. It's uh, 503-228-4101, or you can text us if you'd like. Uh, Do it. Nobody's texted for a while, and it's annoying. You're feeling unloved? I'm feeling unloved because somebody's just wrote the most random thing. I think they thought it was to something else. You need affirmation that people uh, that people like us. 52051 is how you do that. 52051. And by the way, the so last... That's all you have to do. So if I like take my phone and I just put in that number, then I can just send a text message and it sends there? Yeah, and you just put it... At, yeah, have you not done it? No, yeah, I didn't know. Did. That, I thought well, that every like you would have to have no. Because remember for Rockstar number. Supernova, you did it. It was like you texted to oh, I guess three two so. five yeah. one or whatever. You should do it right now. Text me something. It's five two zero five one. You put that in your phone, by the way. You save that, and then if you ever want to, um, if you ever want to text us, uh, then all you have to do is just uh, you hit that, and you're good to go. Five two zero five one, ladies and gentlemen. It seems right. so modern. That's right, Tim. <laughs> 
All right. Technology. In a moment, we'll play uh, You Can't Say Uh for your uh, shot at uh, Crew Fest tickets. That is uh, third row seats. And by the way, I'm just going to give acknowledgement right now. Uh, you can't say uh, uh. You could say it's stolen. It's stolen. Uh, it was created by a guy named Don Geronimo, who I think is now retired, uh, but who is uh, really one of the all-time greats, as they say in the world of radio. He was the host of uh, the Don and Mike show, which was a big influence on me uh, early on. So uh, anyway, so uh, just anybody out there listening, go, that's from Don Geronimo. Yes, it is. Flat out stolen. So, uh, But in honor, it's a tribute uh, to him, an homage. We'll be doing that here in just a moment. Tim Riley has the story. Hello, Tim. Hello. Uh, Milwaukee cops are forced to shoot a mad, bleeding man who was charging at him with a, kn- a knife. Nine ships pull into the city today for Fleet Week, ladies. And the junior parade begins at 1 o'clock this afternoon. That's not for the ladies. A Portland family claims to have found a syringe inside a stuffed monkey. Okay, then. Uh, and so forth. All right, well, let's go to... Uh, let's where going. Uh, this is uh, line three. All right, hello. Uh, hi, Rick Emerson Show. Who's this? This is Brad. Hello, Brad. How are you today? I'm wonderful. How are you? I am uh, fantastic. Are you uh, a Motley Crew fan? I am, big time. All right, so we're giving away a Crew Fest prize pack today. It's Crew Fest uh, uh, tickets at his third row seats, as well as a DVD from last year's show. And then uh, tomorrow, second row. And then Friday, we're giving away uh, front row tickets. And as part of KUFO's Summer of Rock. And uh, you can find that more details at KUFO.com. Com, and that also features Motley Crue. It's a Motley Crue Godsmack Drowning Pool and Theory of a Dead Man. All right, so here we go. Tickets on sale, by the way, through all Ticketmaster outlets. But you, Brad, have a chance to win them right now. We're going to play You Can't Say Uh, You Must Speak for 60 Seconds About a Subject. And the subject will be revealed in one moment. But during the 60 seconds, you may not say uh or um or any variation uh, on those as determined solely by us. Are you ready? I am ready. All right. <clears throat> Brad, you must speak for 60 seconds about the book slash movie Twilight. And you may not say uh or um. You will begin in three, two, one, start. Twilight the movie. A funny guy with funny hair, a hot chick, murder, mayhem, blood, teeth, guts, gore. Night, fairy tale. <laughs> Sequel coming soon. Out on DVD, bought it new. Kids make too much money. On MTV, thought they were going to kiss. Are they a couple? Are they not? Is this just count as actual weird speaking? I don't, I don't think this is I don't weird. This counts. Are you just saying <laughs> random just words? <laughs> I, I Talking, words <laughs> out, airwaves, broadcast, dance, dance. No, I'm... Vampires, blood, gore. Oh, no, I'm... No, I'm, no, 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 I'm sorry. That was a good try. No, 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 good try, but thank... No, 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 all right. Choose your destiny. You will never win. There you go. Lose. All right. Let's do, uh, we'll try one more here. Okay. Wow. All right. And somebody, are you tracking the time too, sir? Yes, I am. I'm, I'm keeping right. it on the screen. Uh, we'll do a uh, caller for hello. Hi. Who's uh, Who's this? Josh. All right, Josh. Uh, are you a Motley Crue fan? I am more of the older crew, but then, you know. All right. Well, here's your, uh, Sarah, what is the topic about which uh, Josh oh, will be speaking? Oh, am I another one? Yes. We will not do uh, Twilight this okay, time. Okay. Um, you're going to speak about 
The original Beverly Hills 90210. All right. You're going to speak about Beverly Hills 90210. You must do this for 60 seconds. You cannot say uh or um. You will begin in three, two, one, begin. The original Beverly Hills 90210 was a sitcom in the 90s. I used to watch it occasionally. Me and my friends would make fun of it. Uh, was it a- oh! That was 11 seconds. You will never win. No, you've... That was 11 seconds in and the uh came out. All right. That was an I. Oh, that was, oh. That was not. That was an uh. <laughs> I said I was in a band. We used to play a song. That's what I was saying. Sarah, did you hear uh? Believe me. Did you hear uh? I heard uh. I can play it back. I can play it back right now. Hold on. Hold on a second. This is, no, no, no. I I will play it back. I can find that in like four seconds here. Okay. All right. Sarah, what is is the date today? Uh, It is the third. All right. Today is the the third, and that was at 830, yes? All right. I can find it right now. Okay. This is going to be a little weird because you're going to hear my own voice here, but... Watch it occasionally. Me and my friends would make fun of it. Uh, was it a- oh, no, that, that is an ah. Uh. Uh, you're right. I meant to say I was. Oh, in I'm band, sorry, dude. I was in a band. I'm sorry. All right, all right. Thank you for trying, my friend. Yeah. All right, there you go. There's that. All right. Trying to pull the carpet over my eyes. I don't think so. The carpet over your eyes? I don't think that's a phrase. In the '90s, I used to watch it occasionally. Me and my friends would make fun of it. Uh, was it a? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, there's no I there. All right, well, so those go uh, back in the uh, prize pile, as they say. Uh, so Crew Fest uh, 2 is coming soon, so we have uh, uh, third row seats. We'll try to give those away again. Second row tomorrow, and, of course, uh, first row, uh, front row seats on Friday, part of KUFO Summer of Rock. Tim Riley has more news straight ahead, including the latest on that uh, Air France crash and so forth. It is the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. The Rick Emerson Show. Did he strike you as being a creepy guy who enjoyed lap dances? Well, no. Only on Rock 101 KUFO. It is the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. 503 228 is our uh, telephone number. If you want to text us, you can do that. It's 520-51. Standard texting rates apply, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, so I have here, we're trying to come up with the the name for the, uh, the the text group. And it seems like there ought to be a better way to describe it than that. But it, did so you get some good suggestions? Yes, I did. So it's like if you want to, um, so if you want to uh, be informed about when we're going to be having a special guest, or when there's going to be a big announcement, or there's going to be a giveaway. So we could say because we had the Oregon Trail guy on, uh, Don Raw, which you created the game Oregon Trail. So we could say like, hey, the inventor of Oregon Trail is going to be on in like two minutes. So if you want to get updates about that on your phone. You just, uh, you know, you join the text club and you do it by texting 52051. So we need a name for that. So we had like Area 101, which is for like the email, uh, you know, people who get emails from the station to be, uh, you know, apprised of things. So uh, this says, Rick, I was thinking you could change the name of the KUFO text group on a week-to-week basis based on different song names with sex in the title. And then he says, because text reminds me of sex because it rhymes lulzor. Like I want to text you up. Okay, thanks for taking the best one, by the way. Thanks for skipping to the bottom of the page. I'm sorry. Thank you. I just opened my mouth and out came the words. And <laughs> well, of course too it's the best now. one. It came I'm out sorry. of Tim Riley. Uh, so he says here, how about, uh, let's see, uh, textual healing. <gasps> I like that one. Texting candy. Ew. No. Oh, you texty thing. I, I want to text you up. Text type thing. 
See, that's a double pun, text by the way. type thing. Because sex, sex type thing, stuntable pilot. But then it's text and type. Because, you know, you're typing with your thumbs. Oh, I, I get it. Text type thing. Uh, I want your text. But. But doesn't make any sense. Sure. Textual healing. This one's just called. It's just called <laughs> ass. It's called butt. Uh, Sarah, you will appreciate this one. This is for uh, this is for Sarah Exilin. Text on fire. On fire. Whatever. Here's Tim Riley at the news desk. In the news with Tim Riley. It's a big legal victory for consumers over the new mean. Chase Bank that took over the well-liked uh, Washington Mutual. By the way, Washington Mutual now gone. All the signs have been changed. I it, noticed that. It happened Monday. And everybody hates Chase already. I was in there the other day, and there was a, they were doing the transitional signs, saying, mm-hmm. like, you may notice our logo is changing. And it, under Washington Mutual, you could just walk up and talk to a teller. Now they put them behind bars. <laughs> so, the, uh... so you may not touch them or yell at them. Because they do mean things. Well, anyway, the U.S. Court of Appeals has ruled in favor of an Oregon couple who claimed that Chase violated the Truth and Lending Act, reversing a lower court that had dismissed their complaint. Cheryl and Walter Bearer filed a class action lawsuit against the bank after it nearly tripled their annual percentage rate on their credit card from 9% to more than 24% in 2005. The couple claimed that Chase violated the act by failing to disclose the criteria used to raise that rate. And the court agreed. So uh, Chase went up on my rate, too. So this is... And so this is all Washington Mutuals everywhere, right? I mean, the, yeah. the switch has been flipped. It's all... Yeah, it's horrible. All right. Anyway. It's the opinion of CBS Radio News. <laughs> well, well, my percentage rate, and I have perfect credit, mind you, went up 4%. And they said, well, if you don't like it, you can't use your credit card anymore. Wow. <laughs> That's nice. Yeah, I know. So thank you, Chase. Everyone's going to hate you. Uh, meanwhile, get ready for the ships to come in today, Doc, at Waterfront Park. And the kids' parade begins at 1 o'clock. Hopefully, there won't be thunder and lightning for the kids because of the thunderstorm coming in. A West Lynn woman is being charged in a massive shoplifting scheme. Louise Corbin accused of stealing $150,000 from department stores, selling the stuff on eBay. A new poor woman found guilty of feeding bears that sauntered into her yard. The bad part about this is they turn hostile toward the neighbors. Now she faces a year in prison and a $6,000 fine. Well, this is, and she was doing that same thing of, well, I'm teaching them not to be afraid of humans, which she tries to sell as some sort of upside. Yeah. But of course, you know, they're not going to be afraid of humans and they're going to come up and humans are going to keep feeding them, which is all well and good until uh, and, and the, there's no human food left. And then all there is is human food. So, you know, and then you end up like that grizzly man egg. You just end up being a tape recorder inside a stomach. Here's uh, Tim Riley. So let's talk about that downed Air France plane. Now they know the general area where it went down. It's about 400 miles northeast of the Brazilian island of Fernando de Nuno. Uh, and they are carrying submersibles, these rescue crews that can work underwater. And I have a quote here. One expert says, this could be the hardest recovery since the Titanic. Okay, you sons of bitches. So this is, but this is the thing that I was talking about yesterday, uh, or that I was that I was on Anderson Cooper yesterday, where they were... Thank you. They were making the comparison to the Titanic wreck. Do we know definitively that this isn't where the Titanic is? It's sank? not where the Titanic We know this is where the Titanic Jesus God Almighty, Rick. It's, the Titanic went down at the other... If I had a globe, I could show you. <laughs> it's like don't use millions a of miles away. No, no, no. Instead of a globe, use that fire extinguisher over there. Okay. <laughs> 
the, the Titanic went down where the hose begins on the fire extinguisher. Okay. This plane went down at the end of the hose. All right. <laughs> Does the that make sense? The, the, joy. <laughs> the best part was the tapping with your pen. I just to wanted to make sure that point. you knew, understand the difference. But there are no icebergs off the coast of Brazil, as caused the big hole in the Titanic. Like the Titanic wasn't hit by bullets or something that made it go. It hit a big block of ice, an iceberg. Icebergs don't go that far south, unless you go further, further south into Antarctica. But this plane did not go down there. This concludes Titanic. Sorry, I can't even keep it together long enough to give the out cue. See how are you going to close that? Oh, all right. Okay. Well, there you go. So I'm going to have to go. Here's the thing. I've got, I'm just going to go back and watch it tonight because it's on the TiVo. And maybe it was a slip of the tongue or something. Or It'll they just be uh, wrong. I know, no, no, no. I, look, I understand that. I'm just, here's what I've learned is that this is the almighty power of the media. Because whether they said it incorrectly or I heard it incorrectly, the fact remains there was something on the TV last night that I just mindlessly repeated like a hundred times <laughs> since last night. It, where I kept thinking that it sunk in the same area because they were saying, well, it's going to be impossible to find the black box. Thank you. And now... Ted Kennedy fights the toughest battle of his life. Uh, they were saying, well, because it's so difficult to fight the Titanic, and this is in the same area. But I think what, yes, what they may have meant is the relative distances to the bottom of the ocean floor. And it took like 80 years to find the Titanic. All right. So are they going to spend 80 years looking for this? No. I don't know. I, I mean, they're not going to create specials about it or probably, talk about it every year. No, probably not. I Well, because, again, Wait, not so to, did they find the wreckage? Well, they found it. Well, they found wreckage. But I mean, let's be honest. I mean, it's like how many. They found wreckage, which presumably means floating or like on the surface of the ocean, right? Visible. And it, it seems. I mean, they don't have a rope that long to go down there and bring that plane back up. I, like, I can't I can't imagine what sort of coincidence it must have been if it was not that wreckage. So and I'm not trying to make light of it, but the news cycle is just so fast now. It's like we all forgot about that Hudson uh, air landing. This text, uh, which you can send us at 52051, says, Yes, Rick, it's just like the Titanic, because the Titanic was flying at 30,000 feet as well. Uh, all right. This one says, Damn it, the plane went down thousands of miles from the North Atlantic. Shut up. Uh, all right. It's and, helpful uh, to have this new text program. Uh, this one says, uh, Shut up and play some music. <laughs> all right, I don't done. Think we play enough. Done and done. Here's Tim Riley at the uh, news desk. Uh, Paris Hilton talks about the contestants on season two of her program called My New BFFF. Cool to, you know, give them these experiences, and a lot of them are really appreciative of it, and I just enjoy making people smile and have fun. Definitely... It was like at the end, the music decided it didn't want her to talk anymore and just they cranked itself not... up. Would you like me to read another story? Yes. Yes. A Portland family claims to have found a syringe inside a curious George monkey. Their son won this in the crane game. You've seen these everywhere. They say people don't ever win things. What do you do? And when you do, it has a needle inside. You've won some infected blood. A careful examination by the parents revealed this unwelcome discovery the youngster wasn't injured. They said this is the only case of a syringe curious George monkey ever. By the way, how I'm do a... they find a syringe inside of a curious George monkey? Hey, that's a good question, actually. Like, who, who wins a toy and then rips it apart? And the seriously, parrots. what's. 
Maybe your child has issues if its first thing is to disembowel the Curious George doll. Well, you know the deal with Raggedy Ann dolls. Raggedy Ann dolls used to have a uh, Raggedy Ann dolls used to have a, a felt heart inside. And if you ever buy a Raggedy Ann now, and I don't even know, they still sell Raggedy Ann dolls. I would imagine so. But if you buy a Raggedy Ann doll, there's a felt a red felt heart on her outside, and they had mm-hmm. to do that because they used to put the heart on the inside just as like a. It was like something they just started doing at the factory or whatever. And, like, little girls found out about that. And little girls, being uh, the evil creatures they are, would just immediately rip open the Raggedy Ann doll to get the heart out um, (laughs) for its tasty courage. I'm going to consume my Raggedy Ann doll's energy and strength. Uh, and so they would just tear open their Raggedy Ann dolls, and so the parents would come in and, like, there's the daughter, like, with a handful of stuffing and Raggedy Ann's heart on the countertop. <laughs> uh, and so they just start putting it on the outside. Now, I'm not making that up, by the way. Speaking of uh, the, the, the cutting things open, did anybody see The Office? It was, I think it was the season, was it the season finale, the season premiere? It was that hour-long office with the, 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 where, uh, where, what's his name, Stanley gets the pacemaker? No. Jesus, God, there was the funniest thing I have ever seen on that show where they Stanley has a heart attack, blah, 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 blah. So they bring in a woman who has that Recessiani doll where they, you know, they're teaching how to resuscitate somebody if they pass out or whatever. And so there's the Recessiani doll and Dwight, who is the most consistently amusing character on that show for my money because he's just got that weird repressed hostility. Dwight is um, is pressing down on the Recessiani. He's, you know, giving the heart. He's pressing down the chest and then he's breathing in. And he somehow screws something up, and the woman says, well, I'm sorry, you're not doing it right. Uh, you know, the, 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 the doll has died. And so Dwight immediately says, well, we've only got two minutes to harvest the organs. And he immediately reaches down to his ankle and pulls out a knife and stabs at it and rips open the chest of the Recessiani doll and pulls it open and starts pulling. And he says, we've got to get the organs out now. Get me some ice. And it was one of those sequences that just escalated so quickly that you could not believe what you were watching. I mean, that that show really is touched by a special kind of genius every now and again. So um, it took a while for it to grow on me because I kept comparing it to Ricky Gervais, which is the wrong thing to do. But anyway. Uh, well, Zach and- Efron is going to be a guest on Entourage this season. All right. Uh, more mature roles. Yes. Are we done? It's <laughs> yes. up to you. Is there anything else call? we're doing here? Okay, we're finished. There you go. Not that I'm trying <laughs> to leave. we're out. And scene. <laughs> Not trying to get out of here, you understand. I just uh, I don't want to overstay my uh, welcome. I know that ship has sailed for some folks. All right. We want to thank uh, CNN Radio correspondent Steve Gastenbaum. Also, the mystery guest, Ned... Nedson. Uh, also, Peter Carlin from the Oregonian. Join us tomorrow when I guess we'll include Kelly Clark from the Willamette Week, Mr. Skin from MrSkin.com, and from the San Diego Zoo, Joan Embry. Rick Emerson show produced today and every day by the lovely and talented Sarah X. Dillon for Rock 101 KUFO. In the newsroom, Tim Riley on the phones. Greg Nibbler of the Nibelonians at the front desk. Dave's in the gatekeeper. Web mistress Bridget from upstairs. CBS Radio Portland marketing guru Susan Don't F with me Reynolds. And, of course, executive producer Christopher J. Paddock. Smells like the 90s is next with our good friend Buzz. My name is Rick Emerson. Thank you for listening. It is May 3rd, Wednesday, 2000. And that is the frequency, Kenneth. See you all tomorrow. Watch out for snakes. Bye now. If you do squish it, it does have a, a, a reaction. It emits a, an acid that can cause... Attention broadcasters in the greater Portland area. Your daily show prep is now concluded. Thank you for listening.